Hi, this is Dennis Kitchen. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. How's that sound, yo? What up, yo? Crazy. I like doing the show on a Wednesday. Yeah. You're the one fucking it up in a couple of weeks. I know. It's behind the curtain. My God. Is it though? It kind of is. Why? Like, I, like our listeners, we have switched between Wednesday and Thursday so often. My wife is always like, oh, I, like, she's always like, oh, you're moving back to Thursday. Oh, you're back to Wednesday. Oh, you're back to Thursday. She's like, oh, I just can't keep track. You know, she's wondering, you know, what day she should put the ladder outside the window. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh my God, you totally dismissed that like <laughs> the most impossible thing to never happen. She's got a bum uncle right now. It's it's, it's messing up our, our our groove time. Hey everybody, it's eleven o'clock comics episode eight hundred and seventy four. Some awesome comics came out today, and mm. I am an extremely happy Vince B. Love to hear it. Yes, I am David A. Price. This is facts, and if you're not careful, I'm going to equalize the fuck out of you because I'm Denzel Washington. Jesus. Oh, boy. Where do, where do you go with that? Uh, you're Everywhere. Not, you're not Denzel Washington. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Here, thanks to CheapGraphicNovels.com. That's right. CheapGraphicNovels.com have the omnibus editions, trade paperbacks, manga, all things with a spine, all that stuff you're looking for at a fraction of the price that everybody else is paying. And get this, Nick and Dent sale currently live. Crazy, crazy discounts on stuff. And when they oh, say I Nick and Dent, that really? Shout out, shout out to Ray. Yep. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Like I, I need books. I'm fucking having an existential crisis over how many books I have in my house. I'm I know. Like, oh, Nick and Dent. Well, I'll bring yep. the truck then next week. Um, Dude, definitely. I'm going to send you guys home with some stuff. I'm sending home. Oh. I'm sending that home with the uh, complete eight ball. <laughs> wow! You better check your, your check your drawers. Check your drawers, I have all the single issues, or I would have to knife fight. Oh, I'm saying I have two of them. Though. How ridiculous! Doesn't make sense. Cheapgraphicnovels.com, Nick and Dent sale. What? Yeah, massive discounts on stuff. And when they say Nick and Dent, you know what I mean. Paltry. It, it, Paltry. It's minimal. At best. Yeah, seriously. It's crazy. Um, I am not one to scour my books like when they come from Amazon or, or cheap graphic novels because they always look good to me. But it's like I don't go you know, over the whole spine and look for tiny creases. Life is way too short for that kind of stuff. But trust me, the Nick and Dent, you might as well just call it a sale. Massive sale. Sure. And after you order, you will be greeted by an email saying thank you for ordering cheapgraphicnovels.com and you're going to respond to that email and say you know what 11 o'clock comics sent me and you will receive free shipping on your next order well how crazy is that shipping is like the most expensive thing these days i it it rivals the price of the the thing you order like that's insane i will not pay that much shipping so whatever, I'm, I'm rambling. Just go to CheapGravityNovels.com because you're going to save like a whole bunch of money. Crazy mad money, yeah. I got a box the, um, of them today. Oh, what? Joe. Yeah. Unstoppable. Uh, you're Shit, right. They got the Once in Future Deluxe <laughs> no. Edition. Yeah. For 30 bucks, dude. 50% off. Yep. Oh, my God. You need to get closer to, to the microphone, my friend, too. Dude, I'm right not on the you, microphone. Not oh, no, you, no, whipping I had, boy. No, I, 
I was I was I had I had my hand on my face, but um, there that makes sense. It does, yeah. It's yeah, face radio. The uh, um, that's true. When funny. I know that um, it when I used to get things from Amazon, I would worry depending on the size of the box because normally they'll just throw it in there with maybe a bag of air and then just like good luck getting it to your destination. Right. But when you because I thought about it and and normally I'm not on on hardcovers especially, but on collections. I'm usually not so worried about the cover, but I want to make sure that the spine is at least in decent shape for when it's on the shelf. The spines look good. Obviously, I don't I don't care if they're pristine or if there's a scratch, but like I don't want I don't want a chunk missing from the bottom. Of, of course, now it's not like tear, a Daredevil so. um, artist edition. No, I'm not even talking about. Oh, you mean the? Uh, Remember how that this run where it oh, got all shitted up? Well, there was the. There's the Bendis run of Daredevil where every single volume of the hardcover, the 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 deluxe edition, is all the same, same font size and everything except one, oh, like yeah. the third or fourth volume is like all, all out of whack with the font. It's like longer than the rest of them. Uh, and then of course there's that Powers typo with uh, Cosimic or or, or Cosimic. Uh, but yeah, I just I just I like the spines to be. I, I, I'm more partial to the spines being in better shape than the covers, as as weird as that may sound. Yeah. Cheap, com. Get there. Yes, sir. You heard. Blackberry Lemonade. Let's move on. Because I figure <laughs> oh, wow. we're going to be drinking like like fish next week. So Yeah. Um, I, got, I got a little, uh, little, little grapefruit seltzer. I, um... I am having a aviation gin and tonic. Nice. Don't fly out. Got you flying high, but I'm pumped. That's right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's talk about the comics. Shall we? We shall. The book came out today. I know Jason is going to accuse me of hyperbole. Inevitably. Inevitably. Oh, boy. He will. Here we go. <laughs> but I don't really care. Oh, train. I don't really I'm care. Yeah, because sure. if, if this doesn't win my single issue, favorite single issue of the year on the Klosker's for next year, there's something wrong. Because the book is completely tailored to all of my sensibilities. All of them. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Did I not tell you that was going to be the case? Yeah. You did. Yeah. And I was like, going to get there. I from the halls, Vince, you, if you don't like this and I don't know you. Exactly. Because you you did um, you, you dangled the carrot because I don't look at PDFs when we get them we we get promo copies from Dark Horse and Image and all the, all the publishers yeah. most of them and I I just don't look at them because if I'm going to read something I want to read the physical thing so when uh, the cover We're so different that way wow yeah the the cover intrigued me because of what it is and the title and and I said all right. I'm putting this down on my list. I'm getting it when it comes out. I want to read it. And I read it today in the flesh, in my hands. And it, it is, it's going to be the, my most favorite single issue of 2023. Well, hot damn. That's yes. great to hear. As you said, how could it not be? Because it is called The Midnight Show, number one. 
I hope it's not a miniseries. Please don't be a miniseries. I want this to be an ongoing. But anyway, it's written by Colin Bunn, illustrated by Brian Hurt. Yes, it's the Sixth Gun Team. Indeed. Color art by Bill Crabtree. So what's the deal? What's the dealio with this? It is a miniseries. Damn it. The dealio with this book is a famous, world-renowned actor, writer, director, and makeup artist called Basil Saxon. Now, I'm looking at that name, and I'm thinking, okay, the, the Basil Rathbone, right? Could the Saxon be John Saxon? But that's a stretch, right? I mean, John Saxon's great, but he's not worthy of being in the same name as Basil Rathbone, right? But as we go on, there is a man to whom I would compare this Basil Rathbone, and we'll get there. We'll get there. So this Basil Saxon was shooting a movie, and it was said to be his masterpiece, But one day on set, a fire broke out. The studio was burned to the ground. And the film was apparently, legendary, lost. Not so. Because it turned up somewhere and is being screened at a midnight show in Cedar Bluffs. Now, one of the things about this this movie, it's called God of Monsters, was that Saxon played all the monsters in the movie. And he wrote it, and he directed it, um, did the screenplay, like everything. But it's not, it, so it pops up, and they screen it in Cedar Bluffs. And the thing about it is, think the place is packed, right? And the movie is introduced by a horror host. Like, shut up! My heart is thumping outside my chest when I'm reading this thing. A horror host. His name's Owen Oswald, but that's not by the, the name he goes by on the on the tube. It's Dr. Madness Morbid. Like, shut up. Did did Cullen climb into my brain one night and just pick up all the good stuff? Um, it, at this, this event, there's a, squee- a scream queen in, in attendance named Abigail Jenner. And she's outside on a, at a merch table selling, you know, 8x10 glossies and autographing them. All she wants to do is get the hell out of there, go get drunk. Uh, so... The the creatures that appear in the movie, the Wolfman, there is a Gilman uh, reminiscent of the creature from the Black Lagoon. There's a mummy called Ramses the Vile. Whoa, right? The Frankenstein monster is in the movie. But here's the rub. How many times have you ever encountered someone talking about Frankenstein and they attribute the mad doctor's name to the creature. Oh, yeah, I love Frankenstein. Those bolts on his neck? Great. No, the creature was never called Frankenstein, right? The doctor is Frankenstein. But here's a spoiler if you haven't read the first issue, but this is going to entice you to read it. Frankenstein's brain, I'm talking about the doctor, has been implanted in the monster. Like, that's crazy. That's awesome. I need more of it. And, and Dracula's in the movie. But the monsters from the movie are emerging in real life in this Cedar Bluff town, and they're they're killing people. It's insane. Hurt. I don't think Hurt has ever looked better. Yeah, I was I was um, I was going back and and thinking about the Damned and the Sixth Gun, 
and I love the damn like that's as as great as the sixth gun is. Um, I always compare everything that 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 Cullen and Brian do to to the damned and this first issue it just it absolutely it's it's stunning i i i love how it looks it's just it got tipped the hat to crabtree it, too absolutely oh especially yeah. when when we get to the film when we get to when we're watching the movie footage itself and it's got the the slightly different texture to it it's it's just it's it's an amazing it's an amazing issue i i i think it's um it's absolutely, um, I I think it can very easily. It's only a miniseries, but it, it it it's listen. They they they've they already established themselves as as a great creative team with 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 their previous works. But I mean, this just this hammers the point home, and and they've both they've both. In, I don't want to say improved, but they've just they've leveled up so much over the years. Both of them. I mean, Cullen's writing, of course, but but yeah, like you said, Vince, it, 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 Brian just absolutely amazing on these pages. He, he, I'm I'm right there with you when when you say he's never looked better. People playing at home, get this: the very first panel in the book. You open the front cover. This is what you see on the right hand side: a monster mag called Creature Feature. A lobby card from the many deaths of Frankenstein. VHS tapes. A film reel canister. Um, a ripped page from a trade press saying, lost film uh, located uh, from, you know, hero, unearthed. There's a makeup book called Basil Saxon's Makeup Series uh, Secrets. Now, that that made me think, when I was a kid... Scholastic offered a monster makeup book. Remember when they would pass out the the book order form like maybe once a month in school and you'd check off the ones you wanted and you'd beg mom or dad oh, for yeah. the money and then you'd hand it back in and a couple of weeks or maybe a month later you'd actually get the books. There was a book offered way back when that was written and illustrated by Alan Ormsby. Do you know who Alan Ormsby is? You should know because I've only mentioned this movie about a gazillion times. He was the man, with Bob Clark, responsible for children shouldn't play with dead things. He's Alan in the movie. did all the the zombie makeup, whatever. But he offered a makeup book that had a blue-tinted cover just like this this book here. So right from page one, I was bamboozled. I was done. Completely sucked into this thing. I could not resist. And it just got worse, well, better. It got better or deeper from there. Like this thing, there's a scene in the beginning that actually appeared in this lost movie of the hero and his girl. And he's trying to get her out of there. And there's one panel that makes you think that maybe he isn't what he seems because his eyes are all reflecting and glowy. But there's a twist and I won't tell you because you should read this but it's just so damn good like it's just crazy how good this book is i'm so gratified that uh it's a three for three on this one nice because like i said i read it you know i read it we got the preview like you said you like the physical but we got the preview from dark horse and i'm like oh yeah i'm like i'm like uh because i knew that it's interesting because i knew that bun and brian were going they're they're bringing back uh six gun next year right mm-hmm. you know yeah. and i think they announced that at san diego and i was like oh that'll be great um because i have to be honest i mean 
I don't know that I've read a Brian Hurt comic since then. Um, I don't. I assume he's been working, but I can't tell you what he's done in the last few years in comics. So I thought, oh, this is great. You know, I've always liked Brian's work, and uh, you know, and they they certainly have a great history together. And then I, I don't know that I even remember that this existed was going to exist, right? But then because it's we're coming up into October, and I was get very horror focused in October, I thought, okay, saw the Dark Horse previews, and I thought, wait a minute, I'm like, oh, it's 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 Bun and Hurt and Crabtree. I'm like, shit, and read the issue, and then as you know, I went right into our Slack and said, hey, y'all, uh, this book doesn't come out for a week or two, but when it does, y'all need to get 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 with it with the quickness because it's like very much in everybody's concentric circles around here like you'll find something to like from it and i agree i think i mean i don't know if i'll, I'll probably stop short of saying it's the best brian's ever looked because i don't know that he he's like i think he's been great for a long time but i think it looks incredible and i just love how clean his line is and uh he definitely seems inspired in this i agree that crabtree's colors really pop here and i loved it i mean i thought it was just it was it was just the right amount of violent and i think they're gonna have a lot of fun with this and I knew you were going to have to read it, Vince, when the horror host did it. I was like, oh, shit. I'm yeah, like, that's any, any, early in any the book, Any comic too. that's got a horror host is something Vince has got to get up in. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. so the, back to the, the actor, director, writer, um, the artiste to whom I would most compare this, this uh, Basil Saxon. The, in the sequence where the uh, men are hunting the, the wolfman, uh, the 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 panel where the the character has his back pressed to the tree and he's got a shirt ripped open and they're 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 walking by with the shotguns, I'm like, God damn, that looks a lot like Paul Nashi. And I'm thinking, hmm. So this this Basil Saxon played all of these monsters. What other actor played all of the monsters? And you go down the list, and it's like Lugosi, no, mm-hmm. Karloff, no. Karloff played a lot. Lugosi played a lot, but they didn't play all the monsters. Paul Nashi played, of course, a Wolfman, very famous for that role. He played a vampire. He played a mummy. He played a hunchback. Never played a creature, though. I don't think you know that that one role, the creature from the Black Lagoon that's never been attributed to uh, a famous actor because you can't see the actor in the right, costume. Right, right. So yeah. they got stunt people, you know, it's it, whatever. I don't want to get into specifics. But um, so Paul Nashi fits this role perfectly, except for the creature. So I'm I'm wondering if, if um, Mr. Bunn is a Jacinto Molina Alvarez fan. That was Paul Nashi's real name. And, uh, oh really? Yeah, he's incredible. The guy's just like, uh, he he played all them damn monsters. And I mean, uh, we've said it many times, but it's it's fifteen years and going. We need to. We should have Colin on the show. We were tight with him way back in the day, and then he blew, I know, he blew saying, up. Like, there's no reason to, right? I mean, well, maybe he's now done enough comics that we could chat it up. For a yeah, long let's time. get him on here because uh, man, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I'm really not. I read the issue twice. It just gave me that uh, that much joy from this issue. Like it took 10 years off my life. Easy. This is where friendships are interesting because this was one of those things where like I read it and really liked it and then I thought, "Oh shit, like Ben's going to love this." And then there's that moment where you and I'm sure we've all done it to each other where you're like, "All right, I'm about to big this up and say you're going to love it." And then like if they don't love it, it's going to hurt my heart. 
Because you know you're like oh sure because you're like I think I know them, and and then I was like all right I'm gonna pick this up and then I, <laughs> I, I was like small part of me thought oh is he gonna read this and be like yeah it's you know it's too tame or like it's too by the book and I'm like okay I'm like I hope you know, I hope this is this is as authentic as it felt to me so I, I'm, I'm glad I even see a little bit of Bruce Tim in, in oh for sure in yeah. Hertz yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure yeah. Yeah. but I mean let's do the checklist. How could I not love this book? It opens with a monster mag and 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 monster movie paraphernalia. Then you get a midnight movie, a horror host, a scream queen, the Wolfman, Frankenstein, the creature from the well. Let's just call him a Gill Man for now. The Mummy, like and, and characters emerging into the real world. Like this, I, I'm powerless. I can't. I can't help but love this book on every freaking level there is. Yeah, this is this is a damn winner. You know that reminds me. I've been meaning to ask you because you understandably gushed because it also is in your real house about that first Elvira book. What's it called? Um, oh damn, I have it right on the shelf. Oh, from Dynamite. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I thought you meant her memoir. Her. Uh, no, 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 no. The the one you, you a couple months ago. You you read Elvira about- in uh, Monsterland. Yeah, and, and then Elvira in Horrorland. Right, you, you you raved about the first issue and all that, and then I haven't heard you mention it again, so I was wondering if you thought it, it fell off. No, it just ended. Uh, it ended last week, and right. um, I finished it, but I want to go back and read it again. Okay. Yeah, it's silly as fuck, but it's great. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's another one that's a, a winner. Um, and they announced the next one, too. It's Elvira oh, meets H.P. Lovecraft. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like shit. get out of my Dynamite damn head. Like, all right, we're, how do we appeal to the Vince B? Uh, it's Tony. Tony's telling them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to make this even better? Stick some William Burroughs, mm. you know, Nova Express in there. Like, god damn. But anyway, not, not let's keep it on 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 topic with Midnight Show. If you're a horror film fan, uh, Ray's gonna read this. But if if the Universal monsters thrill you. Or uh, European horror is your bag. Hell, horror hosts, midnight movies, like, get this comic. Yeah, Ray's the other one that I, when I read this, I thought, oh, shit, I've got to make sure my boy here. Right? Because I, I know he's pretty discerning because he's a man of many interests, so he doesn't buy nearly as many comics as, say, we do. But uh, I was like, oh, this is something he's got to make sure he finds time for. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Yep. Nice. That's a hell of a way to start off the week. It's only going to get better. Nice. Yep. Right on. What else do we have? Um, first of all, before I talk about this, I don't know the status for you guys. Did either of you back the um, Moonray Kickstarter? Uh, no. I'm going to take your by your silence answers. No, no, no. I, I did not. No. Yeah, that's fine. No, I'd prefer that because if you had like if you if you had also backed it, then I would have wondered if i had to wait until you read it but you're not going to read it since i don't know that it's hasn't been solicited in previews um for those wondering what the hell i'm talking about this is actually a book near and dear to eoc history yeah. because yeah. uh it well, first of all it's called moon ray book one mother's skin it is a hardcover original graphic novel uh, that was a Kickstarter. Um, it is written and drawn by longtime favorite of the show brandon graham and the other artist involved, and this is where it gets really EOC-centric, is Mr. <laughs> Zergio Penalta, um, who some may wonder who's that because we've been around a long time. He was – what would you say? that I don't remember. But he was one of the first ever winners of our EOC um, uh, annual um, contest. For, yeah. yeah. So, I, mean, yeah. He, I mean, it was probably what? 
seven, eight years ago? 2013. I okay, think. so almost 10 years ago. But yeah, yeah he, did a free, an, he, did, he did the first few. It's an absolutely beautiful, the blue one, the, the blue yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely yeah. So, gorgeous. So, and I'll have to be honest, I don't, I don't, we haven't, like, he hasn't been in our circle of influence in a while, so I don't know if he stopped listening. I, like, and then, no shade at all. Like, I know I, I reached out to him when I saw this book solicited. And he immediately wrote me back and saying, hey, great, it's great to hear from you and all. So, like, there's there's all love there. I just, I don't know if he's, like, he hasn't chimed in on, like, an episode thread in a long time. So, I'm guessing he probably has fallen off as a listener. But I still got mad love for him because he did some great work for us back in the day, uh, just gratis before we, you know, before we had any kind of rep. But anyway, this, um, and I thought it was just fascinating because I didn't know that he and Brandon had any kind of connection. Um and look, I didn't need I didn't need Zerjo to be on the book to to buy this because it's Brandon, right? I mean, I love Brandon Graham's work. Um, but uh, this is interesting on a lot of levels. First of all, it's it's and I didn't know this until I read the book once I got in my hands this past week. Um, it is a adaptation of a yet to be released video game, which is super weird because like hilarious. if you if you Google, why well, is that hilarious? No, it's true. It's it's. You, it's rare that it's a as yet unreleased. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant hilarious. Like, well, like we talked about this already, and I forgot or something. No, no, no. Oh, oh, yeah. So, so I like, and I didn't. If if you Google Moonray, like all one word, you'll get articles and links to this aforementioned game, and it's a weird thing. It's like some kind of open open sourced game that was crowdfunded, and it's got like a crypto Bitcoin type of an angle. It seems pretty out there, like. There's a lot going on with it, and and allegedly it's right about to finally come out. It's been years in the making. I know nothing about this. I know we have some pretty hardcore video game dudes like Drummond and the like on the on the Patreon, so maybe they'll have some color they can add here. But uh, I didn't really look too much into that part because it's probably not up my alley. But either way, it's somewhat of an adaptation, and I guess they're the ones probably footing the bill for this. But but nevertheless, this is a chance for Brandon to do what he does best, which is create a crazy world full of just totally abstract uh, mind bending visuals and concepts and telling a story with it. Right. Like, like it's, it's not, and that is, that is when he's at his best, right? Like he's not very, he, you don't want to read a Brandon Graham, like linear, like love story. That's that, that, that kind of defeats the purpose of the way his mind works. Um, and it's, it's very high concept. You know, there's this, this is at many thousands of years in the future, and there are beings that have in some way evolved from Earth humanity, but they look like they're they're just don't look at they're more like gods. They they can survive in space. They they don't look human in any way. I mean, there some some have humanoid shape, but many don't. They but they have immense powers and, and obviously longevity of life and, and the like. And um, it's called the age of meum. And even the choice of word is interesting to me because it's M-I-I-U-M, which if you think about that word or write it down or look at it and look it up, it's a hard word to read. It, it, it make, As you read the word, you think you're reading it wrong because two eyes together is such an unusual combination. So the whole book I'm reading this, I'm like, is it, is it me? Is it my um? Is it, am I reading it wrong? But it is me. It's two eyes, M-I-I-U-M. And it's basically this like this this uh, like an embodiment of of godness. And like I said, this is very abstract stuff. So I may not even be getting it all right because I read it in one sitting and just absorbed it, enjoyed it for what it was. But I I, I accepted that there's probably some things that I may be getting wrong or, or maybe are up to interpretation. Um, and essentially, it's 
it's a it, this is like a hero epic of sorts where this warrior is created from this meme like it, he's born out of this almost like adam's rib and he's on a quest to avenge a goddess and he goes on this journey through this crazy cosmic landscape of different worlds and different abstract realities and at one point he comes across this badass giant red sword that he's using for a while but then the sword evolves into a sentient being itself and becomes his travel companion so this is um at first i was reading it i'm thinking um oh man this is like this is like you know mobius yodorowsky type of stuff right but then as i was getting more into it i thought you know you know what this reminds me of and this would be right both of you will peak this will peak your interest this reminds me of like druyer you know where mm. where you go for the adventure it's visually arresting but also stunning and you kind of have to accept that the narrative is somewhat nonsensical <laughs> well not yeah and this isn't nonsensical that's why i say like it's it's kind of like if there's a sliding scale between let's say in this world of abstract european comics let's say let's say the inkle is on one side of the scale and like you know, whatever the wackiest Drier is on the other side of the scale. It's sort of in the middle of that. Like, right. there is, a, there are concepts. They do definitely make sense on some level. But like I said, but but I don't know that I got it all. I didn't come away thinking, oh, I have perfect clarity as to what Brandon's going for here. But I didn't care because the visuals are so amazing. And what was really cool is that I'm reading it, and a lot of it, I mean, it's mostly drawn by Brandon. I'm thinking, where's, where's your joke, man? And then, like, they'll have these flashbacks or, like, these handbook pages or these, like, information file pages or these history scenes and it'll be these double page painted gorgeous scapes by by Giorgio. and and his style is so different from brandon's and it works so well in that context because you never doubt that this is an aside that of some importance but it's not the the ongoing narrative that we're kind of embedded in and i'm just so impressed with with Giorgio's art i mean Again, we've known him forever, but I don't know that I've seen a lot of his work in the last few years. And and man, oh man, I mean, it's just gorgeous. It's this super lush painted stuff. And it really did truly – like if this was a humanoids 1970s English translated hardcover that I ordered because, out of curiosity and, and I found that the book was made in like 72 by some European great – I wouldn't be surprised. Like visually, it's of that ilk. You know, It looks like that kind of thing. Like it could have been in Metal Hurlant, right, or, or Heavy Metal. Um it's great, man. It's really great. It's, I mean, it on the at the simplest level. If you're a fan of Brandon Graham comics, you'll love this, right? But beyond that, I do want to say to people, if you're not that familiar with Graham, or if if maybe you're hit and miss with Graham because sometimes he is like you know kind of overly sexual, puerile stuff, right? Like that's also like part of. Sometimes he gets pretty silly, and I love that about him too. This is not that. Like, there's not like any like. There's none of like the. Uh, th- there's no sophomoric stuff in this, right? Like it's 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 pretty like like epic action sci-fi um so so if 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 you're kind of on the fence about brandon because of the other side of it i would say you're going to be good here and the litmus test would be if you're a fan of Druyer or yodorowsky or you know some of the mobius stuff like you'll i really think you'd enjoy this so huge home run and i will say it is labeled as book one so i presume if it sells well and maybe if the video games hit there'll be more of this and i'm here for it but even if it's not, it's it's a fully contained story for what it is. And I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, the visuals are just off the charts. So um, I don't honestly know if if and when this will be available broadly. Like I said, I don't think it's been solicited in previews. Um, 
I don't know if there's an intent to. So your mileage may vary there as to how accessible it is. I hope it's widely accessible, but but uh, you know where there's a will, there's a way. Our our listeners tend to be pretty hardcore, so if there's something that they want to get, they can generally get their hands on it some way, some point. So I'm I'm sure you'll be able to get your hands on it. And when I know more, I know actually Brandon listens to the show fairly frequently, and I assume at least when we talk about his stuff. So maybe he'll hit me up and uh, and let me know how to how to how readily available this will be. But uh, but definitely check it out. It's 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 really great thought provoking stuff. So again, it's called Moonray, uh, Book One, Mother's Skin by uh, Brandon Graham and uh, Giorgio Penalta. There was a couple things that uh, dissuaded me from getting on that Kickstarter. Mm. Yeah, the video game thing kind of. I've read a lot of video game related books, um, most created with, from an existing video game. But a couple that that were were um, you know explorations of games to come, and I don't, I don't know. It just kind of scared me off a little bit. But the Brandon Graham thing and the Giorgio yeah. thing was like, man, I really should get this. But I thought the price was a little high. For the oh, book. I don't even remember. It, for, it, it, honestly, I, when it's Brandon Graham, I'm just like, click yeah. But I think yeah. I think the volume was like seventy bucks, maybe. Nah, dude. Yeah, nah. I don't know. It, it was up there. Hold Wait. on a second. Nah, come on. Wait. Maybe I'm just. I'll look mis- it up. I'll look it up. I, I, yeah, I can look it up. Later. But I should have. I should have ordered it. And then you know what's going to happen. I'll tell you exactly. I'm going to get to your house. You're going to have it on the coffee table. I'm going to pick it up and I'll be like, God damn, I should have ordered this thing. Big facts. I know. Because love Brandon, love Zerzo, and uh, I, I still am on record saying Graham's Prophet was one of the best science fiction comics of all time. Hands down. For sure. Yeah, no no doubt in my mind. Yep. Hold on, pulling it up right now. One segundi here. So there you go. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, they don't make it easy once like once a once a thing has been funded, it's harder to figure out like Yeah, watch. It's going to be like something like 35 and I'm looking like an ass. But it's not the, it's not <laughs> the first time. <laughs> so fun. literally I just got to the point. $35. Yeah, see? Yeah, that's how I roll. 160 full color page of mind melting science fiction fantasy comic delivered straight to your door for 35 US dollars. Can you still order it through Backer Kit? Like, is it connected to that? I don't be- know. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. yeah, see what happens. If you can it order. Like 50, it was 50 for the signed version and 100 for the sign and the sketch. So. Yeah. so if you can order it through Backer Kit, get it and I'll, I'll shoot you some money. Like, okay. if, you, if they allow existing backers to order another or whatever. Oh, I got you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Nice. Cool. Yeah. It no, does. but it was it was really great. I mean, again, like I mean, I'm a mark for Brandon. I, I like I don't I can't think of something I haven't enjoyed that he's done in some like at least something I've taken right. something from it that I've enjoyed. So and that I mean, poster porn comics. Actually, in all of his porn graphic novels. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm saying those are you know, digging into the crates. Right. The poster's huge, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a poster guy, so it's not a big deal. But <laughs> the box came, and it was one of those things where like. I just let the dogs out for the night. It was it was at the end of the night, and I'm like, oh, I could open this box, see what this is, because I didn't recognize that it's Living the Line is the name of their publishing. I didn't, but I didn't put two and two together. So it was like a square a square box. So I I just took a knife, you know, to cut the at the serrate. Oh, There's a no. there was a serrated edge, like to you know to open the box. So I'm like, oh, I'll just trim along this, but it went too deep, <laughs> and they opened it up, and I had cut through the poster. I, I basically destroyed the poster. I mean, now I, I don't really care about posters, so it didn't really bother me, but yeah, I destroyed the poster. Oh, boy. Yeah. Say lovey. Yes. Sorry for your misfortune. Oh, it's all good. 
Yeah. What else are we loving on? And by the way, if you haven't said like, what was it a month ago? I was saying I just wasn't the comics was rough for me. It was a, like, and I said, but it's cyclical. You gotta you gotta yep. you gotta push through it because the last few weeks it's been like almost everything I've read. I've been like, oh, this is good. Yeah, you Jason's know, back, everybody. No, but 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 it is cyclical, right? It, it it's it's not like a thing. It's just sometimes you're vibing with certain things, sometimes you're not, and you got to switch it up, right? Like yeah, for me, yeah. it was just like I'm gonna take a break from the from the superhero stuff and just you know just just vibe on some other stuff, and 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 it's got me right. You you were turtling for a couple episodes, but that well that was, but honestly that was more about the audio issues. I just was so depressed about that that like you couldn't hear me, and it just was driving me nuts. Honestly, what was I, that? I, you broke up. That's not funny. <laughs> That's not funny. Oh, I still it got is, it. It's it's fitting that you um, or appropriate that you you phrase it that way, Jason, because I decided to um, give something a shot that uh, I never really got into when this particular this the version of this character was introduced. Um, but over the weekend. And I know that I, I'd like to think it's from a place of love, but I know I come down hard on the DC movies because there's so much potential there and it's always just squandered. So we watched Blue Beetle over the weekend. Tell me you love it. Holy shit. How good is it, right? It has no right. To be that good, bro. I, I cannot expect it. It's Holden. Holden loves the, for some reason. He he was like all about seeing that, and I was you know it doesn't take much for me to go, twist my arm to go see a movie. But I really expected it to suck. I mean, I'm like, okay, yeah. well, it's like it's 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 a not only is it a DC superhero movie, but it's one that like they're not even really pushing. Like they're kind of like, all right, we'll just release this because it's already done. But I'm with you, dude. I thought it was wonderful. I really and I know you're not going to take it to this level because you have a more of an affinity for these films than I do, but. I think I said on the Slack, I honestly, in my heart of heart, believe that if you released this Blue Beetle movie on the same day that you released Iron Man 1 for Marvel, this would be a better reviewed love movie. I think they're very similar films. And I think oh, this, for sure. this, oh, won't, yeah. this won't hold the same place because obviously that was 15 years ago and it was so revolutionary at the time. But like, it's a pretty similar story arc, a pretty similar power set visuals. And I thought this movie had so much heart and it was definitely funny at times, but like, and and you know sometimes like I like I thought the 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 Taika Waititi Thor movies were too funny, too corny. But like this because of like the family element and because he's a teen and because it's like or he's not a teen in this he's more like a high school kid but or a college kid. But but like it just seemed right to me. Like it was just the right amount of humor to me. Like it, the whole thing worked for me, and I was I came away like gobsmacked at how good I thought it was. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this, the setting, the, 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 the down in Florida, it's it's just the the music, the, the attitude, uh, the family dynamic, and, and of course, you know, the big bad, and, and how it's just, I just, I was really impressed with how it all came together, and, and pretty much from the start, I was, I was bobbing my head along to it, and I was just, I, I, I was feeling good, it was just... Because uh, one of my coworkers, she was telling me to, um, she really loved it, and um, and then of course I had to then go down this little um, diatribe about you know well Ted Cord and blah blah blah. So I just I had to pump the brakes on that a little bit. But it, we 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 talked about that, and uh, and yeah. So I, I I asked Renee, I was like you know, 
we got home i think it was saturday and i was just like well we'll fire it up and uh and sure enough yeah and, and she dug it as well um and we do we've we've seen I haven't seen all of them, but we've seen a couple of, of George Lopez's stand-ups and, and, and I, I don't, you know, I know some people can come down hard on the dude and that's uh, whatever, but I mean, I've, he, he's made me laugh more than he hasn't. Um, so seeing him in it was, he, he didn't, you know, he, he didn't overshadow Jaime. He didn't overshadow the, the, the main character. It, it just, he, he, he worked well in it, but I mean, yeah, the, the trials and tricks, everything that 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 this this kid had to face like you know it was just it was very it was very um miles morales it was just uh, that because that, peter's too old at this stage but it's just it 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 hit that same sweet spot and uh and i could definitely see so i, I and i always did just like you know uh the legacy character of like the Adam. Like I, I know that these younger versions of these characters are, 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 they're trying to attract that type of reader and, and, and just give some new life into existing IPs and, and tweak it up a bit. But the movie was fantastic. So I figured out, you know what? So they, they just had a, um, they just started a new blue beetle series and uh, the following graduation day. I haven't read a Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle book ever. I, I, oh, I, not even Norton? Not even, I mean, I've, I I checked out the Norton stuff, but even unless he like shows up in a team book or something, like I've rarely read anything featuring the character. So I don't know, I didn't know, who, I knew who Jaime was, but I didn't know anybody else. I didn't know his family, I didn't know his friends. So, um... Mike's the co-creator so did, of that, right? Like, isn't he the co-creator, or am I getting that wrong? He may be... He may be listed as the co-creator. That'd be pretty cool. I haven't checked. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he was, his name was in the credits at the end of the movie. Nice. So okay. I definitely saw that. Uh, so this, I believe, I believe this arc, there's at least the, these first two issues, uh, chapter one and chapter two are, are Scarab War. So that, 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 I believe that's what the title of, of this, this arc, the series is going to be, but um, written by Josh Trujillo, uh, Adrian, Gutierrez is your artist, Will Quintana on colors, and Lucas Catoni on letters. Um, so I just, I jumped right in. Don't know. And and that's good and bad, uh, because there's a lot here. And and again, for some reason, I, I just, I don't know why DC is allergic to editor's notes and, and letting you know where you might be able to find things. But uh, it's a bunch of characters in here that uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with at all. Um, but what's neat is the first issue, first couple pages into the first issue and, and Jaime has to take on the madman who I have not seen in a hot minute. And, and they look great. The colors here are popping. I, 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 I dig Adrian's art style a lot. Um, but, uh, he is Jaime is teaming up with Ted Cord, and and Ted is in his full Blue Beetle outfit with the bug, uh, so they're they're working together. Ted's basically kind of like being a, a mentor to him, uh, but they're apparently over the past couple of Blue Beetle series, I, I guess other scarabs, other beetles, other aliens have made their way, and uh, other characters have been introduced. Um, well, we saw that in the cartoons, right? In the uh, in the uh, 
Young Justice? Yeah, Young Justice, no. yeah. Oh, was he? It was yeah. the last season? Or yeah, the, the last the most, season. Okay, yeah. which I still have to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's Jaime is, as Blue Beetle, he's he's taking care of the uh, Mad Men, he's, uh, but there's a lot of collateral damage. Um, but Jaime has to get back. He, he, there's trouble at um, at at a diner where he's got family, and uh, so so he leaves Ted to basically clean up the mess, which is Ted's fine with that. So Jaime gets to gets to the diner, and uh, and there's there's a couple of aliens there having lunch and and some of the patrons were just not and i mean like by like extraterrestrial aliens and uh some of the patrons were just yelling and and uh, they were just get out of our town get out of here go back home uh so jaime is um as blue beetle he's talking to uli she's the uh the motherly figure of of the two and uh and I guess Jaime has promised to protect them and and keep them safe. Um, but of course, Jaime's got other things to do. He's he's, he's got to go do his superhero thing, so he can't be with them twenty four seven. So when they venture away from um, from their their safe home, their safe haven, uh, Jaime isn't always going to be there. So they're they're going to end up being confronted i guess so uh while jaime is dealing with that shortly after he meets up with some friends at the beach actually the next day uh where you know they get kind of hot and heavy and fast where we're we're meeting some of these characters um like brenda who is uh who who we find out is victoria cords ted's sister's new assistant which she hasn't told anybody that um that that's her new gig um ziomara as uh and roma they're they're the other two with the scarabs um and uh and bruno who uh just san martino seems to be no he, he's kind of big like him uh <laughs> but he's uh he, he's the obnoxious big friend he kind of reminds me of grunge from uh Jet 13 a little bit but the uh while while Jaime's hanging out with his friends at the beach heads back at uh HQ and 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 you know fixing things up tinkering with bug um here's something thinks it's his sister but um the way the way the sounds are the sounds that are emanating from from behind him definitely tell him it's not victorious so um so he activates the security protocol masks up and uh and some dude walks through this little laser field and um and calls ted an imposter and ted's like yeah well um i don't know what the hell that means but uh i got this little neat little laser grid going on and that's just going to cut you all to pieces so he's like, yeah, your worthless toys aren't going to save you. And he uh, he basically slices. I mean, he's got this massive sword that he just slices Ted's chest. And and now, now Ted's bleeding out. 
trying to um, trying to save himself, save the lab, but uh, but homeboy, this new foe, destroys the lab, and uh, and he uh, before before this dude can kill Ted, uh, Bug swoops down and. Um, and 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 whisks him away. No, actually, no, he doesn't. I'm sorry. He bug when he screams for bug. The ship basically just blasts whoever the hell this guy is, and and Ted thinks, okay, that's it. But my man doesn't even have a scratch. And uh, and and he's like, you know, this is. Uh, I, I I who do you think you are, Ted Cord? And Ted's like, I'm the Blue Beetle. And and dude's like, no, no, you aren't. And then just stabs him straight through um, and then leaves him playing for dead. Uh, the second issue, though, we get a... Uh, we, we It's it's where a little bit more familiar comes into play and uh, Ted is in a hospital with Booster next to him, Feist, uh, Fire and Ice and... Uh, and Guy is being uh, projected from uh, from space in the room. Um, Jaime's out in the waiting room. He's just completely he's distraught. He's he's, he's worried about Ted. Um, and uh, Batora comes out to comfort him and and basically just let him, let Jaime know how strong Ted is. Um, he uh, he he is he's basically the best of them. Uh, he's, um, but you know, you can't, she's telling Jaime, you can't feel like it's your fault. It's not, uh, it's, it's just like, listen, we, we, she's trying to comfort him, letting him know we all blame ourselves. Something like this happens. Um, and, and, and we blamed each other because something happened years ago that fractured us. Uh, but it took Jaime, it took the new blue beetle to bring them all together again. Uh, so Booster's going to take Ted to a safe location somewhere in time. Um, and, uh, and Tora asks Jaime if he wants to come with, but he's like, no, he's, uh, he's, he's got a, um, he's got to stay here. Although he is wondering why Victoria hasn't come to visit her brother. Um, but while that's going on, we do cut back to, Ted's place and Victoria is there at the scene of the crime. Um, and, uh, and that's when we find out that Brenda, Jaime's friend is, um, is her assistant. And we also see where the, um, where the aliens, the, the extraterrestrials are, uh, are basically living. It's, uh, it's, it's called Estrella Plaza. And that's, uh, and that's basically where they, where they made their home. And now all of a sudden, um, this dude, who tried to kill Ted Cord is now after the uh, after the aliens, and he's wearing armor from the Reach, so so he's very familiar to Uli and and her people. Um, but uh, Roma and Ziomara suit up, and they're going to go fight this dude. Um, he has yeah, he just kind of makes quick work of them as well. Um, but uh, when we get to it's it, Jaime shows up a little bit too late, um, and uh, and and Uli is not uh, is not happy because again 
she feels that that, that Jaime let her down. And then at the end of the issue is kind of a, a little bit of a gut punch for for Jaime. But yeah, I just I I, I thought the art was fantastic. I I'll, I'm definitely checking out the third issue when that comes out because uh, I, I got to see how how this. I got to make sure Ted's okay, but I got to see how how uh, how Jaime handles his business here. And I will go back. I if if I see any of the uh, previous Jaime collections uh, at New York next weekend, I'll um on the cheap I'll I'll, I'll scoop them up. But this was uh, this was a lot of fun. I you know again I still I'm, I, I still have questions. I'm still confused as far as who some of these characters are. Uh, but seeing Jaime try to you know be this young hero and 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 save the day and and live up to his uh his mentor's expectations and and uh we don't have a lot of family in this in, in these two issues so far uh at least not compared to the movie but um but there's so many other characters to uh to kind of latch on to that that are in the background and um yeah i just i i was obviously this isn't going to make me feel like those old, the, the, those old Paris Cullen drawn issues from the 80s but it's still a uh, it, it, it definitely feels like a Blue Beetle book um, you know he's he's obviously different than than Ted because the Scarab wouldn't work for Ted uh, like it worked for Dan Garrett uh, but you know I, I just think um, I like I said I just took a shot didn't want to um, I, I just I don't want to pretend i don't want to be ignorant i don't want to pretend i know exactly what this character is all about or what he's doing and 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 i i just i wanted to check out something current without digging through and and going back to infinite crisis or anything and seeing where he started i just want to just want to see if i could kind of there's a jumping on point and i can get my and and for the most part yeah it kind of is at least as far as it's a new story and and you can just go with it but uh i definitely have some questions as far as who some of these other characters are in the book, but yeah, no, it, it, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I, uh, it's just, I am glad I, I gave it a shot and it, it reminds me of, uh, how fun comics can be. Not everything needs to be so serious and, and, uh, and dreary. And, and again, I mean, the colors on this are just popping. It, it's just a great looking book. I, I really like it a lot. You risked it for the biscuit and it paid off. Ah, it did big time. And, uh, there's a, a little bit of a preview of uh, the upcoming Sandman series by uh, written by Robert Venditti, art by Riley. Yeah, and yeah. Rosmo is just, these these preview pages are amazing. He's pretty he's good at this job. Beautiful I think. book. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think he's got a he's got a yeah, few. He's going to stick around. I think. Yeah, I it's some of the I can't I can't imagine what the hell feels so have these pages going for but no it, it, these preview pages are great when this is collected i'll i'll check it out i don't i'm trying well, it's not a fe- to get... it's a felix guy so i'm sure the pages are going to be it's either going to be sold complete <laughs> or it'll be like 1500 a piece so you're right yeah but so, yeah because a lot of these are, are full pages but uh yeah i, I didn't want to i don't want to try to go too deep into the whole new golden age because i know you've got sandman you've got flash you've got green i don't maybe i'll just wait for whatever oversized collection puts them all under one cover but uh but yeah i just i, I this samuel looks great but i definitely enjoyed uh, the blue beetle all right vince this is your cue to come back into the conversation there you go by the way vince guess what what 
Gonna see you in a week, bitch. I knew it was coming. <laughs> yes, this dick. Yeah. Oh shit. Well, now remind me what. Uh, what. Uh, what is your pref- like? What's your most ideal beer? Oh, it doesn't matter. Free. No, no, that's no, my because, ideal beer. <laughs> no, because you'll sometimes you'll try one and be like, eh, I don't like this so much. It's not. Not thing. fruity. Right. Okay. Not chocolatey. Yeah, right? like or yeah, or peanut buttery. Nothing like that. Because no pumpkin. You have been, been drinking slowly over the last few years. My full fridge of beers because I stopped drinking beer many years ago. But <laughs> but we are thanks to having two college age kids now. Uh, this summer we pretty much depleted the, nice. the beer supply. So I need to I need to stock up for your arrival. So that's nice of you. Anything really? Okay. As long as it's I'm not get, a, li- a light beer. Like cranberry lambics. Hey, if it's free, I'll drink it. <laughs> well, you can file this under Tom Scholey was right. Interesting. Okay, this would be an interesting conversation. Yes, because Tom, uh, regular listeners will know that Tom Scholey was with us last week to talk about his I Am Stan book, which was yes. the book of the month. You would never know it because somebody forgot to put that in the show notes. And yep. on Duh. So uh, while Tom was 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 uh, doing his in your travels, I believe he said you you got to read this, and he didn't really have enough time to do this book justice. So um, I will try. It is called "Complete the Quest: The Poisonous Library," written and illustrated by Brian McLaughlin, and it's published by Imprint. I'm guess uh, from what I've I've read, Brian is Canadian which is awesome, right? So this book features a world called Chimeria. And there's uh, it's presided over by Queen Evergreen, okay? It's a fantasy-based book. Uh, Queen Evergreen is one of a human-like race called the Kith, okay? But she's poisoned. She's given a book that infects her. There's a lot of, of metaphor in this thing. The book is hate speech. It is um, a book detailing why the Florins, which are a plant-based race on this chimeria, why the Florins are so bad. You need to get rid of them. They're no good. They only cause trouble. Hate speech, right? So while she's reading the book, she actually gets infected. You can see tendrils of magic dark magic coming out of the book and infecting her she's got red marks all over um just so happens that the queen's best friend and advisor marisha is a florin so as she's reading the book marisha comes over to her and she's like yeah well you're a snake i don't like you you're nothing but trouble and the, the, her best friend's like wait a minute where, where's this coming from so she she automatically knows there's something going on here long story short the healers devise a cure, but in typical fantasy trope uh, scenario type dealings, it requires five special ingredients. And these ingredients are scattered all across Chimeria. They need a star diamond, which is located in this underground kingdom called Deep Prism, which is ruled by the Goblin King Brightstone. Okay, They need a blank lotus from the white wind desert they need a ghost cloud which can only be found the sky giants keep them as pets in the high tooth mountains there's a dragon lime which is located in the red thorn jungle and then there's a bottom feeder it's like a it's a a, like a shrimp or a, a crawfish 
called a scrim that you can find in the saltwater shipwrecks. Right? So they need these things. They need to find these objects in order to make this concoction that's going to make the queen better again. So how are these five ingredients obtained? That's up to the reader. As Tom said, this is a a good old RPG slash choose-your-own-adventure book. I thought it was crazy. The um, McLaughlin gives you six adventurers from which to choose. They are, like, in, in, again, in typical fantasy scenarios, you have um, uh, Sneak, which is basically an Elvish-type character that's good um, concealing themselves, can can spot traps and pick locks. Then you get uh, a woman called Corin, the human priest, which can dispel the undead and cast light in times of darkness. There's Javen, the Elden, uh, elven druid, who's a changeling. He can assume the shape of animals, not magical animals, just regular animals. And the book is LGBTQI+ sensitive because there's a dragon folk named Zix and whenever they're referred to the they them pronoun is used so yeah. you get a, a pair of dwarfs named Cracks and Tonk they're brothers but are they because the author gives you origins for these characters not one but two, two yeah. so you can choose your own origin you can choose your own origin or you can mix and match between the two or you can write your own. It's crazy. I love it. Everything about the book is customizable. What, I had to laugh. One of the alternate origins for Tonk is that maybe he's really cracks from the future. Come back to help himself. That's really cool. Right? Because mm-hmm. you don't see his face. His hair goes over his face. Um, and you go through the book and there are obstacles that you must overcome. Like there'll be a double page spread where, uh-oh, there's a portcullis here that could be lifted by someone that's really strong or if you can turn into a mouse, you can sneak through it or like depending on, and you only get to pick three heroes. You can't take all all five, well, six with the, the two dwarves. Yeah, the twin. Yeah, you the have twin. to do three. So you have to be very careful who you pick. If you load up on magic and you don't do brute strength you may be at a loss but if you load up on like say uh sneaking and the the changeling you're going to lose something if you don't have a magic user so it's you have to balance your party and uh, the the uh foes are really inventive um there's a i got bookmarks in here there's these creatures called cactuffs that they're actually uh, anthropomorphic cacti and you need magic or somebody really tough to beat them and if you beat certain characters you'll get objects like maybe a blue pearl okay and then maybe two three four pages in the adventure someone will encounter you that says you know what i can create this if you give me a blue pearl so if you beat the character a couple pages previously you have the the resources to get to propel the narrative even further. But if that wasn't enough, you can actually go on side quests in this thing. Characters come to you during the adventures and say, I really need your help. I have to do this. Can you help me? And if you help them, then you go to 
another page. Like you, you, you page forward maybe like 30, 40 pages and you're, you, the quest takes another route. This book is great. And, and the, uh, Jason, did you get the riddle of the Sphinx? No. What do you add to a barrel of water to make it weigh less? Yeah, I don't know. A tea. <laughs> if you put a tea between weigh and less, it becomes weightless. Oh boy. It's great. That is freaking great. I I and if you like if you beat this army of the undead, you get a big ruby. But then there's a character in your future, you don't know, that will do something to you for you if you give them a ruby. I think this book is awesome. The the art style is really cool. Oh, this is what I loved. What I loved. The um what you have to get what is it? Um the blank lotus from the crypt of the witch queen witch queen ice nail but she does she wasn't buried in a pyramid she was buried in a spheramid it's a it's a, a a globe so as you're in this thing the floors shift and the the floors become the ceilings and the ceilings become the floor and you're trying to navigate this thing it's awesome it is amazing tom was so right i'm guessing that by jason's Silence that he did not like this book. No, um, no. So that's why I said it's going to be an interesting conversation because I think a lot of what you said I, I definitely grok with. I mean, I think there's a lot to like about this book. I just think that, you know, some things are not meant for certain readers. And this is, this book is not my kind of thing, right? Like, we're meaning that, as you know, I'm just, I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons guy. Like, I don't. Yeah. I get it. And and so I think the thing that probably is the neatest thing about it, which both you and Tom praised, that it's it's part comic, part quest, you know, quest guide, sort of, you know, where you, that's the part where for me it really left me wanting because I'm just not in that mindset of like, like as I was reading this, I was thinking, well, if like, let's say, for example, we had like for fun had been like, oh, let's make this the book of the month after Tom recommended it. And like when you guys came next week, we sat around live and like worked through we each picked a character and then we worked through the scenarios, of how we were going to get through the challenges that could have been super fun. But like sitting by myself reading this where I was kind of like upon myself to in my head, think of a way that like the characters I was using would be able to get through this having never really played D and D. So I don't have a lot of experience with that. It was just much easier for me to be like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to, you know, turn the page. Like I, like I got through it. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm just not wired to like be into that, especially if it's not collaborative. Yeah. So for me, it just felt like a little, um, it felt more, um, quest guide than it felt, like comic to me um but like as i was reading it i kept thinking like well it's really clever and like you said to me it's 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 only it's certainly very inclusive and very modern and like the the attention to detail of like the the being able to choose the the background that you or the the history or backstory that you like the best like all that stuff was very well done and i'm like oh no this is a well-crafted like labor of love that i mean they really do check all the boxes it's just that i think it checks the boxes for something that I'm not generally too into is all, you know? So like I wasn't going to trash the book by any means. Cause I'm like, Oh no, I can recognize that this is like a really well done thing, but I don't care enough about like that, that ethos to, to like have it be my thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, like it wasn't my thing, but like, I definitely can see why someone who likes role-playing games and, and the like, like you do would love it. 
And I do. I love it. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I will say, I mean, like, like, and I don't know if you took, I mean, I, I thought that this was, it read to me like it was definitely geared towards very young people. Like, like it was definitely like written in such a way that it was more for like, you know, middle school, like young YA versus like all ages, you know, which again is fine. I mean, there's plenty of YA books that I've enjoyed and talked about on the show. Like, again, I'm not saying it's a criticism, but I felt like, okay, this is like a YA D and D type of a thing, a love letter to that. And like, that's cool. And uh, yeah. So like, I mean, I think I compared this as I was reading it to meanwhile, you know, um, the Jason Shiga book, right? Just because that really is a choose your own adventure book, but it's purely that like you, you know, you turn the page based on the choice you make and it's all there for you. And for me, that was more rewarding because, again, like I don't have like the the nostalgic pull of like sitting there and like solving for this like I would if I had played D&D over the years, you know. Right. So well, I think that's the thing. I have a, a very long history with role playing games. Yeah, of course. And I As love I the, contest, you know. Yeah, I love the fantasy genre. Right. So it was definitely geared to, to my sensibilities. But yeah, yeah. But it's just like the li- I don't think the author pulled any punches either. I know this is a YA book, but like he, as far as like say Blade, the Flowerkin. She can shoot arrows at enemies who are far away or sneak mm-hmm. up to dagger them from behind. Like, he yeah. doesn't say stab the fuck out of them, but he does say, <laughs> you know, dagger them. What does dagger them mean? Like, stab them, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you get to the dragons and the bigger creatures, it's like, you need to kill this creature. It's not, you need to put this creature down or remove this creature. The word kill is used in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, I thought that was that was pretty neat. But, um, so it... it the adventures are very well balanced, meaning that it doesn't it does matter who you pick as your party, but there are ways around things if you wait long enough. Like if you can't get through one obstacle, something else will come along that will give you something similar to the thing you could have gotten at that obstacle to get mm-hmm. like I, I think they did a really great job with balancing all of the um, incidents where it like you could lose some and still make it through the story, which was great. But if you take Corrin, it's really easy because there's undead in this thing. And, and, uh, and if you take Corrin and Zix, you got it made because then you got magic and you got ways to get rid of the undead and the creepy crawlies. You just need somebody maybe take... Uh, Javen, so you can sneak through little holes, and because there's a a bunch of incidents where you have to get across a river that's teeming with adversaries, and how do you get across? Well, one character, if they eat this, can jump across it, but Javen can turn into a fish and swim, like you know what I mean, swim across yeah. and get. So there there are ways around everything in this book. I just thought it was adorable. I loved it. Go. Yeah, and I, I went through twice. And I shifted my party, and um, I didn't take any of the side quests the first time around, but the second time I did. And it just gave me that much more enjoyment to actually see the the narrative from two different perspectives. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because it, it's not that expensive. It was like, what, 16 uh, bucks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well worth the money. So uh, complete the quest, the Poisonous Library, and, and there are other poison books throughout the story and they both they all do the same thing they're they're hate screeds against 
people that are different. So I thought that was great that he's the author, uh, McLaughlin is instilling in young people that hating other people just because they're different is not a good thing. And it's it's poisonous. That's the perfect word for it. It's Don't sweet. hate, celebrate. Right. It's a very, very good book. Wonderful. The art's great. It's not where's Waldo level dense, but it, it creeps up on it. Like there's a lot of stuff going on in these panels. Um, even if you wanted to just use it as a an art book and just look at all the detail of the various structures and creatures and, and races, I think it's it's just great. You got to get it. Tom was right. Lesson learned. Listen to Tom Scholey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful. What else do we have? Absence crickets over here. He's like, I hate fantasy. <laughs> he doesn't, though. No, I know that, dude. That's the joke. That's why he's laughing. There's creatures in here called centarpedes. It's true. They're, they're centipedes by way of centaurs. It's so, so cool. Vince, let's bang out the real quick, like, because we can be quick about it. Gods, number one. Oh, yes. Um, was... Because for those that play at home, we, we have a little Slack channel where we talk about what we're reading so we can connect and collab and, like, and. Vince didn't write that he read God's number one. He wrote that he read he read <laughs> he wrote that he read G dot O dot D dot S dot because that's how they spell it in the book. Uh, damn boring, not one. Yeah, God's it, damn boring. It was God's damn boring. There was not long into the book, maybe like four or five pages. I wanted to slowly peel the skin off my face and eat it, just so I can feel some kind of something. Except aside from numbness, I think it is. By far, Hickman's most boring work. There, there's nothing about this book that compelled me to finish it or to read anything that comes next. It, it's talking heads. Pages and pages and pages of talking heads. I don't want to say I hated it because you shouldn't hate things, but I strongly disliked it. I thought it was a complete whiff on Hickman's part. This is not a good look. Am I wrong? So this may surprise you. Okay. Because you know I love Hickman. I do. I thought it was an absolute slog. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And, and just I, mean, thought- I wouldn't go so far as it's terrible, but like I think one of Hickman's strengths is his first issues are usually absolute bangers. Like they bring you in, you're like, holy shit, I gotta like dude's about to take me on a journey. And the first like four pages of this, I'm like, oh shit, like my man's about to do some things, you know, like he's gonna play with the whole idea of like, you know. The magic's in the on you know in the MCU with the with the cosmic and I'm like this is gonna be dope and like you said like halfway through I'm like what the fuck like this is a goddamn slog like yeah all these people are talking and I don't know who half of them are and it's like they're talking about histories it's loaded with jargon there's no action and I'm like holy shit I'm like I don't give a fuck about any of this yep. And it's sad. It really is because it's I wouldn't say it's badly written. Well, let let me clarify that. If a reader doesn't derive some kind of enjoyment from something or doesn't um, surrender themselves to the the world just because it's so compellingly presented, maybe it is badly written. But Hickman has a way with with sentence structure and dialogue and events. Like he's, he's a very good writer. I didn't I, 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 it's the first Hickman book that I just, I, I couldn't even finish it. Yeah. 
It's just loaded with jargon. Like Jason said, people who I don't even know who these people are. It's like the guy in the, the 12 Days of Christmas song, right? I'm filling out these Christmas cards. I don't even know half these people. Like, what am I doing here? It's just, it, it, and to be honest, I didn't think the art was all that either. Oh, I like the art. I think Valeria Skeet is a great artist. But but I but again, like I think, he, not to say he was wasted per se, but like, I mean, he's basically being asked just to draw a bunch of people standing around talking, which right. is and a weird you, way you, to, yeah. Well, a, a, a deft hand could pull that off, but I mean, maybe he, I don't know, maybe they just weren't into it. Uh, maybe they f- suffered from the same um, condition as the reader. Because, yeah, there's there's nothing here. And I don't want to keep lumping on Hickman, but it's just very surprising when you get a writer of Hickman's caliber who just just swung and missed. Like, it's just whatever. And yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, myself, I was really looking forward to the book, and I thought, well, this is going to be dope as fuck. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was not. At least not to my, not to my, not to my peepers. Say la vie, right? It is what it is. Yeah, um, but like I, I don't see. Okay, no. In this case, it's it's know your audience, but it's also know your publisher. This does not. It does not resonate as a Marvel book. Um, obviously, it's it's in the Marvel universe, but. Marvel stuff is designed to please as many people as possible. And this is targeted to a very, very specific set of tastes. And it's not like this is not Siege or Secret Wars or or this is this is Hickman doing what he did on X-Men without all the good stuff. <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, I read this and I thought, wow. I mean, like, I, I think this is not going to be commercially successful. I think people are going to be like, well, I don't know. Cause like, because again, even the name, like God, like it's not like this was, this isn't like, um, there's no, this isn't like, Oh, Hickman's take on the Avengers or Hickman's take on fantastic four. Or, you know, like this is just like, Oh, um, Jonathan's doing this new thing. Gods. And, and so I think because it's, it's not him staking his claim onto a classic Marvel property. I think it's going to leave people scratching their heads. I'm just wondering, what's the purpose? Like, what's, well, there must what's... be a purpose, right? I mean, I mean, obviously, and, and and again, we are judging it on one issue. I I, I can't I can't say definitively that he's not going to like pull it all together, but but I just think that I normally think one of his strong suits is the first issue. I think he's great at the first issue, and I I, I so like to me, it's like okay, well, if the first issue didn't grab me, then I don't know why I should expect the rest to grab me. Right, David. You know? There's one page. That has a character speaking. There's at least two hundred words. Holy shit! In the in the dialogue balloons, I I didn't bother counting them, but this character is going on and on and on. It's just like oh no, I know I there's I I have things to do. I'm, I mean yeah, I, I know that like, sounds like it was I'm very super Bendis-esque, and it was like it was like he's like you're telling me not showing me, you know, like you're telling me all this yeah. history with these characters, and it's like. Show me, draw me a double page spread with the history, like like outlined, like where I can see it all. Like you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is. It would. I think it would work again to get back to the previous discussion. the The information in this first issue is akin to a role playing game. He's fleshing out the scenario and the world and how stuff works and the characters and all that stuff. But it's so dense. There are. I, I need a word count for this issue. There, there's thousands of words in this issue. 
Oh, for sure. And yeah. it's, I'm, I'm, you call me superficial and impatient or whatever, or, you know, flighty, what, I don't care. It's just, there, the, my investment of time and energy, I got no return on it for this issue. So it's like, well, I'm done. I'm not renamed more of this. It doesn't have the, the Marvel, pun intended, of his X-Men stuff. Like, the, mm-hmm. there's not, just well, just, in part because the the I mean, we get Doctor Strange at the beginning, but it's largely not characters we're familiar with, right? Right. Which is weird. It almost reads like an indie book. I mean, I now I, I I read I've read a lot of Marvel comics, but I can't. Maybe these characters are like are known. Maybe they've been in yeah. books I haven't read, but I didn't get that sense. So yeah, one and done. Might as well have word. been a one shot. Yeah, word. There you go. It happens, you know? It sure does. Que sera, sera. Yeah. Address all hate. the begin. Address all hate mail to me. For real, for real. Big shoulders. Yeah. So Broad what, shoulders. What did light your, your uh, school bus on fire? Um... Well, this this is probably a book that's not going to appeal to you because I know oh. how you feel about this writer. Um, but I I really enjoyed it, and that is uh, the Forged, which is written by Greg Rucka and Greg Troutman. Yeah, see, see, yeah. damn, damn, bro, hey. yeah, strong female character. I get it. Uh huh. With I know we are a misogynist, but that's cool. Um, with <laughs> yeah. with Mike with Mike Henderson on art, which I would think would appeal to you. Um. But um, there were. This was one of those comics where, like, it was three. It was a three-issue first arc, um, but each issue was double size, so it was like a six-issue miniseries. Um, but I waited for the for the whole. Th- well, I read the first issue and I thought, okay, I'm gonna wait for this whole to be done, and it's it's been wrapped up. Um, I mean, I loved it. I, I but I'm a. I mean, I'm a fan of Rucka generally. I mean, jokes aside, Vince's point. I mean, Greg certainly does have a trope, which is he generally writes stories about strong female protagonists. Um, so, you know, if you hate women like Vince, then, you know, it's probably not your, your shit. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're woke and, you know, generally love your wives like Nap and I, then, you know, you might like it more. I don't know. You know, it's like, yeah, it's a tricky thing, but, um, but no, I really did like it. I mean, the premise is it's, it's sci-fi. It's, uh, there are, a, there are these group of badass women who are called the forged and they're basically the uh like the ultramarines of this of this space empire they're they're the 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 ones that are brought in like your seal team you know they're brought in to handle the jobs that no one else can handle and they're on a ship on the way to do one of these jobs and um and then everything's in service of the empress they keep talking about the eternal empress she's the leader of their empire certainly and um and there's these gorgeous women called Cassandra's and they are like the Empress's witches and concubines. And normally these, these Cassandra's never leave her, her, her side. They, they stay like a harem at the, uh, you know, at the, uh, like the, the empire base on the home planet. But for some reason, uh, in this particular mission, uh, there is a Cassandra on the ship and the captain's like not happy about it. And, uh, these Cassandra's are like super sexy. Like not only they drawn super sexy, but they wear almost nothing, and what they do wear is very uh, see-through. And like they basically like they're seductresses. Like as they like when the Cassandra summons the captain at one point, she he comes in and she's she lays down on like a beanbag type of a thing, and she spreads her legs akimbo. And it's implied that like you know basically 
she's got nothing on, so he's staring at her puss, you know, and and she's like, oh, are you distracted? Like she, and she, they play play to that, and um, but like they also have incredible power and influence, and so she basically like tells him like, well, whatever your orders are, you're going to do this instead, and almost like uses like a whammy on him, kind of like the force, like to get him to agree to do this, but. The long and the short of it is the Cassandras involved here are somehow involved in this plot where they, they, the mission that they're sending the forged on is not exactly what it seems. And then things go totally tits up like the ship basically gets destroyed. And right before the forge were sent off, like before they were expected to, they were like told they had to jump from the ship and go on this mission, even though it wasn't like in their parameters. And it was clearly because the Cassandra knew the ship was going to get destroyed. And uh, and then like hijinks and shoot and Sue basically they land on this hostile planet and the planet's super hostile you know crazy you know space space bugs insects monsters the like that are trying to kill them and it's all in the service of this secret mission that they've been put on they don't really know what they're there for and they have to kind of figure it out on the fly as they're trying to protect this Cassandra and keep themselves alive in this crazy environment that's very hostile and uh, it was just a blast I mean it was nonstop action I mean I don't know that I've ever seen Henderson look better honestly visually like he. This is he was made for this. This is pretty much like um, like a Gundam story or like a Robotech story where the people inside the suits are these like really strong badass women. Like that's basically the premise. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, I really thought it was terrific. I I, I think that they got a hit there, and uh, I hope there's more coming. I don't know if there is. Like I said, I, the the first arc's wrapped up and collected, but uh, but I thought it was awesome. I mean, just balls of the wall, like high adventure, you know, sci-fi shoot em up was the basic premise of this. So, um, you know, if, if that's your vibe, you'll, you'll enjoy this for sure. Cause like I said, Henderson's art is on point in this book for sure. Like the, the character designs, Cassandra's the, they all, they, I should mention they all wear, the reason I say it's like Gundam is all the forged women. They wear, uh, like battle, you know, exoskeletons, like they have of different types, you know, there's like the, the medic's got like a relatively slim suit. That's, equipped to heal people or heal the machines or fix the machines. You know, the, there's like a gunner that's got, you know, it's basically like a walking tank, you know, that kind of vibe. Like it's, it's, there, there's different, very much it reminded me of like, of, of like different Gundam models. And I'm sure that was the, the visual inspiration of it from, from Henderson's part, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I thought it was, a, it was a big time winner. And, um, you know, I'm a fan of the Rucka ethos. Your mileage may vary, but you know what you're going to get with Rucka. And this is more of that. Totally agree about the art. Looking at nice. it now. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Very accomplished. Like it a lot. For sure. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. And you said you read three issues? Yeah, it's three, it was three issues. Well, I'm looking at here that there's an issue four. Oh, so there is more coming. Yeah. It, it was a collection. I read the collection. It was it was a, the first three issues. Nice. Cool. Okay. I mean, I'm glad to hear that because the, the, we don't get any kind of resolution in the first arc. It's like, it's a cliffhanger, so. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Don't you guys need to talk about Rick and Morty? Sure. I, mean, I was, was going to save it for, was, for the in your travels and then. You read uh, seven issues. Can you read? <laughs> yeah. No, you read, but, you read. No, you read 10 issues. I, it doesn't well, in your travels. I did. Um, and Dap read the, the ongoing. But the problem with this is that if you are foolhardy enough to try and summarize the events of even a single issue, we might as well have started at the beginning because of the uh. episode because it would go really long. There's the, the events are so... It's just like the show. 
It, it's so dense and, and stuff is happening constantly. If it's not, you know, directly related to Rick and Morty, something else in, in the, the, the solar system or whatever is, or dimensional is happening that impacts them. It's insane just how many overlapping narratives that this book has. It's like, I have a problem that it, 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 he's laughing but it's a big problem that now that i've i've fallen in love with rick and morty i need to know everything about this the series the books everything i don't know what it is you know you know how well we are when we find something we really love we have to have everything right mm-hmm. you find it not you gotta get all the books right um now i need to know everything about rick and morty and it's 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 bad because I will read Rick and Morty now at the expense of other stuff. Do I want to talk about Rick and Morty after I've brought it up, you know, in recent memory at least four or five times, right, on the show? But I can't help reading it. It's just so much fun that if it's not the cool concepts that um, is is named Firer or Firer. The, the the writer David, do you know Fire? Um, yeah, yeah. F I R E R. If it's Fire. not the cool concepts, there's like witty uh, banter, or there's inside jokes, or there's Easter eggs. It's like what? Stop! It, it's just a mountain of of sensory triggers that are going on with this book. What I did was, uh, I like I said, there's there's absolutely no way. To, to tell you, okay, this is what happened here. And then they go to here, and it's like, you'd kill me if, if I embarked on that foolish uh, journey. But so like, I read three to nine. I had read three to five, but then I went back and reread them because I wanted to get the, you know, a fresh take on what was going on because everything is connected in this book. And unfortunately, I have learned that it's only 12 issues. Yep. It ends at issue 12. So sad. Well, I'm sure there's going to be more. Yeah. But they'll relaunch it. But anyway, written by Alex Firer, um, illustrated by Fred C. Stressing and Mark Ellerby, color art throughout by Andrew Dahlhouse, and of course, it's published by Oni. So here's the deal. I'll try and encapsulate really just the the big the big plot points. Before you before you get into it, let me ask a question. Maybe Dab knows this. Are these are these comics based on the cartoon episodes or are they completely original stuff? Yes, they are. They, they, there are comments made throughout the issue. There are asides that, but they're not adaptations of the episodes. They're they're like, they're, it'd be like new episodes. They're like, yes. Yes. Okay. They take the raw material from this, from what I've seen so far. Okay. They take they take the raw material from the series and they expand upon it. Gotcha. So at the end of the first adventure, Rick being Rick, the total prick, took the golden. You don't need to know who these characters are. People who like the show will know. Um, took the golden folds, platinum fold, and niece Noel, and shunted them off to another dimension. Why is that a problem? Because Morty is head over heels Gaga for Noel. And she kind of sort of feels the same way about him, more or less, right? So the dimension that Rick threw them all into was called Antihala. 
What's special about this place? It is a domain populated by gods that were killed by human hands. And wouldn't you know, most of the gods in this little pocket dimension were sent there by Rick. They call him the Ender of the Eternal, the deicidal irritation. And there's one god in particular that's really pissed off, and his name is Nunzabel, the Think Giver. He gave Rick all the intelligence necessary to save the the universe, but Rick is Rick, ended up wearing Nunzamel's head as a hat. He killed him. This is a previous miniseries called Rick's New Hat, or maybe it may have been a one-shot. But the thing is, like, that's just in, like, one or two issues. It goes, there's there's a, a, a tech bro named Glug Vronsky, that is that that is he's created in the Elon Musk mold, right? Total shithead. But he just wants to be Rick's friend. And Rick wants nothing to do with him. So he threatens him, he threatens he threatens to kill Morty. They're pulling out Morty's teeth in it. Morty goes absolutely crazy in this series and believes that Rick has possessed his brain. So he'll he'll be doing something and he'll speak as Morty, but then he'll be like, uh, yeah, 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 Morty, you know you're going to screw this up. Like he'll, he'll go into Rick mode and the, the, the lettering in the, in the dialogue balloon changes to Rick's lettering. It's insane, right? But this Glug Vronsky took a dog, a regular old beagle dog and sent it into space and the dog became the Infinidog. It's a space station. It looks like an Ouroboros, like the dog's ass is in his mouth. People live on this space station, but it's a dog in space. Like, <laughs> what the hell am I reading? <laughs> the, Vronsky, he bioengineered NFT apes. He took. Are they, are they bored? They one wears a fez. Like he he took oh, the. So just bored apes, yeah. He took the NFT apes and he bioengineered them and they follow him around. They go, ooh, ooh. Like, they, they just, it's so, it's so freaking stupid. But Nunzamel makes a, a very, very grave mistake in that he gives Noel a fraction of his power and she becomes Noel Zumel. <laughs> it's so great and she's got this cyber shit on she's a, a mental mind valkyrie and she's also known as teen no no teen nunzamel like i love this book so much um nunzamel goes back in time uh and it's really really sad and he tries to get jerry on his side he, but when he gets there jerry's father now this this was really sad Jerry's father tells him, you know what? You think you're good enough, but you're not. Life is going to throw a ton of shit at you, and you know what? You're going to fail. In every instance, you're going to fail. And you see... That's fucked up. No, you see why Jerry treats Morty the way he does. Because Jerry's father treated him that way. But Morty, God bless him, doesn't let any of that get to him. But Jerry's father fucked him up. So when Nunzamel takes Jerry, turns him into a friggin' toothless zombie for whatever reason. Summer's in space in a spacesuit playing a mandolin. Like, yeah, she's, she's like, I'm a mandolin player now. She's listening to mandolin podcasts as she's trying to breach the Infinidog space station. And she's... <laughs> like, 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 what? 
I, it's just so bizarre that it just, I, 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 it's like a, a car crash. I have to look at it. Like, I want to see what's, I try and figure all the stuff out. Deb, aren't these issues great? I'm not saying they're good. They're great. <laughs> it's so much fun. The, I, I believe the original Oni series that went on for a few years, like 60 issues. I, I think like a lot of those issues, at least the ones that I did read, were all like, it was more like an anthology. They, they, they were all self-contained issues, sometimes with, with two stories. And and that's it. But this this is like a complete ongoing with 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 all every issue continuing into the next. Um, even though like it says issue seven is an all new jumping on point, but no, it's still picking up what was going on in the first yeah. six issues. So it's like it, it's it's but it is it's it's so well done. I, I think um, this recent was uh, definitely channeling Kirby with the Nunzamil. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. The, yeah. The model sheet, and and same thing with 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 Auntie Hollow, and and uh, there's just I I didn't I I, I could separate. Yeah, I, I enjoy the cartoon for what it is. I mean, we 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 watched an episode tonight before I came upstairs. There's there's just which which was a very which was basically a diehard parody, and it was and 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 Summer was the star of that. It was fantastic. This. This issue, th- these issues here, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of inside jokes. There's even even the writer is making himself laugh because it, it, there'll be something happening on a page, and you'll see a little editor's note down at the bottom, and and he's just like talking what? about whether or not you know he's got to make eggs for breakfast. It's just it's so that's a god. Weird. That's the that's the god of captions. Oh, I'm the caption god. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So there's just <laughs> it, 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 it there's just it's it's nuts. And I mean, and of all the characters in the in, in the entire series, like he's taking Morty's math teacher, Goldenfold, as like <laughs> the main main villain for, for the first arc, and and like there's just it's nonstop Goldenfold. There's more Goldenfold here in in, in these uh, nine issues to date than, than I think there's been in the entire in the series sixty odd episodes. Yeah, it, it's I just and, and Noel's we, we've never seen Noel before this comic. So, I mean, she, she, she's a new character, at least, well, to me, I, I don't know if she existed in any other previous Oni books, but, but as far as this, this is my first time dealing with Noel. Um, but I mean, he's got the Friar has the, he definitely has a handle on, on the characters, on the Smith family, on Rick. Uh, I, I, I can hear Morty with the odd G's odd man. And, and I just, I, I'm so happy that this book exists and, and it just, it complements the cartoon so well. They, 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 they can coexist and, and you can enjoy one or the other or both. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, and I know I haven't um, strayed to too many of the miniseries, the spinoffs, uh, but I definitely want to just because, the fact that these I mean, the, the the crisis on C one three seven was extremely enjoyable. I love that. So um, and of course also because of Ryan Lee's art. But there's they have it's weird that a show that has been on for as long as it's been on and has only so few episodes um, has uh, just a it's lousy with, with with good comic stories. I I, I just yeah. it, we're lucky. I go ahead. No, the thing that just boggles my mind is 
that in the show, the, quote, real Rick and Morty died. Yes. And they've been replaced by alternate dimension, Rick. Like, when Summer and Morty are together, she knows that he's not her brother. Well, he, because she was, she was going to move out. She was going to leave home. She's going to run away. And... And Morty went upstairs and and told her, he's like, listen, um, those two big old humps we have in the backyard, that's, that is your brother and your grandfather yeah. from this world. And she's, and, and he's like, he's trying to convince her, listen, you, you can stick around. I'm not, I'm not the brother you lost. I'm the brother that, that, that came here and stayed here. So like, you know, don't, don't run away. And and we can make it, 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 it's fine. The family's fucked up, but 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 we're fine. And it's it, it's there's yeah. So when the series started, we had that Rick and Morty, and then a couple episodes later, there was the whole Cronenberg because right. Morty Morty wanted Jessica to fall in love with him, so he made Rick make him a love potion. Yeah, and Jessica, but unfortunately, because like Morty had had a cold, he had the flu. That was like the one thing that could make this go haywire. And he did. He sneezes at the prom, at the dance, and now everybody is sick. But everybody is sick over being in love with Morty. They all want Morty. I mean, Principal Vagina, the jocks, <laughs> everybody wants to come after Morty. And the only and, and so the antidote, the the the, the anti venom, whatever however the only way Rick can fix him is or or, or to you know prevent everybody wanting Morty. Is he comes up with another concoction, and that turns everybody into Cronenberg creatures, and and that's the entire planet now. And and so Rick and Morty escape to another dimension, to another to the parallel Earth, and they show up at the exact time when an experiment that Rick is working on blows up in his face, killing him and Morty. So they're able to just come and slide right in without missing a beat. And according to Rick, they can only do that so many more times. There's only so many universes we can escape to or or, or try to fix a mistake one of us has made. And uh, and, and so, yeah, so the planet that they're on right now, the series that where, where, where they the planet they live on now is is the Earth that they've been on since the first season but it's not the original earth that the series started it's just but i mean but they i what i enjoy about the series is that the science fiction is out of this world but it just it it doesn't it doesn't insult the viewer and and provide and you don't have to watch every single episode but if you do obviously Every once in a while that might be a callback to something but it it's just it builds and and it's just it's it's fantastic. I just I it hurts knowing that you know we have to wait so long between seasons and and uh, and I did I did watch the trailer for season seven and it's going to take a minute to get used to the whoever's voicing Morty does a pretty good job from what I can tell from what I can hear the dude voicing Rick it's it's not quite there so it's going to take i mean it's it's not enough for me to go on out and and, and fuck the show but it's going to take me a minute it's going to take me probably a couple episodes for me to get in to feel comfortable with this voice after hearing Royland do it for so many years so sh- it, it should have got tony 
Tony's sure. the perfect. He's the perfect Rick. Jason, it's just, the, I, the the Glug character, the the tech bro, he mm-hmm. genetically enhances a fetus, and the, oh god, the baby's all roided out, and you know, Jack, super. Jack he's got little tiny legs and like huge arms, but much, he's a, he's a libertarian. <laughs> and he's, he's got taxes don't equal liberty across that's his hilarious <laughs> it is so much fun there's a god that's a booger he's the, the some some kid in like third grade picked this booger and this is the god of of you know preteen nose pickers or something it's just ridiculous like that there's there's like stupid concepts brilliant concepts it's just crazy how much information is in in these books and i i just love it yeah so dap and i are on a on a quest on a quest new york city comic-con we're going to scoop up all the deluxe edition rick and morty books we find if we find if we find one copy of any volume and you see dust like thrown up into the air (laughs) that's probably me and dap fighting over the book big doings and I can't believe I was so oblivious to this show for so long. I I, I tried it. I just couldn't crack the code. Sure. No. Yeah. I but once it. once it clicked, oh my goodness! I and it I, never. We didn't. It took. I I didn't watch it from the start. It wasn't um. By, my barber, the, the woman who used to come to the house to to, to buzz my head, she. Brought up the show. To Renee and I, and um, and a couple months later, we we gave it a shot, and I just and and yeah, and it looked back. I mean, there's there are episodes where um, and in, hopefully they go back to this, but um, they do interdimensional cable where it's just it's a half hour of cartoons from different different yeah. universes and different dimensions, and it's just it's it's so silly and and so funny, and I just I. Man, you've got Mr. Nimbus, who's basically a submariner knockoff. You've got um, there was uh, there was some some villain who showed up to fight Rick last season, who's basically Magneto, but with cookies, and and he's got the helmet and everything. It's just it's the weirdest. It's like they obviously Roiland and Harmon, obviously the writers, everybody who's working on it knows knows pop culture, knows what makes their viewers tick and and they just they, they tap into that extremely it's like it's it's very similar i'm not comparing it because they're obviously apples and oranges but it's 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 the same thing that that like would make you whatever whatever it was about community that just hooked you and and kept you going that that's exact and, and again i mean it's still a harm and stuff but it, it's he just he has that ability where he does something and it just you 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 catch it and you just you ride the wave all the way through. I, yeah. I, I he's extremely talented. The the ongoing is kind of strange though because they special character um, profanity sometimes, like Rick will say shit and they actually letter shit, but then other instances he'll say shit and they do s and then special characters. Right. Or Summer will throw the finger and they'll digitize it out. One character had a dick under a glass dome. And they digitize the dick. Like, it's a mature reader's title. You can show the dick. I, I don't understand why some profanity gets through. I think it's it's because they're trying to be... I'm, I'm guessing that they're trying to be true 
to the cartoon. Like if you watch it on Cartoon Network or Adult Swim, they'll bleep out the profanities. And if you watch it on captions, they'll cross out some of the letters from the word. But if you watch it on Max, it's full fucking shit, no problem. But the captions will still be blanked out. But when Rick when Rick is coming out of one of his like clone pods or something like that, like you'll never see Rick stick. Like that's digitized out. Like they'll they're just Thank God. so it's right, I know. But but it is so so I believe and I just feel that that the comic is mimicking what they're doing on the show itself. Gotcha. It, I just found it strange where yes, like, oh, 100%. like how what gets through and and what doesn't, but it's it it's 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 humorous, to, you know, to say the least. I giggle whenever I see something that sneaks under the radar, and then other things are like just commonplace things where somebody's flipping the bird. Like I didn't think that would be offensive, but in one issue, Summer's hand is digitized because she's flipping the bird. Read oh, Rick and because- Morty. That's because she's a teenager, and they don't want to show you. Who knows? They don't want to show a young person. But yes, yes, absolutely. Read Rick and Morty. Yeah. How is how is Heart of Rickness? I I, I I'm going to check that out. It's when good. It when I it's, get it. it's he Rick is up against a uh, another Rick that thinks he's the Rickest of Ricks uh-huh. because <laughs> because he has shunned technology. He got everything. He he made everything. Um, work without the benefit of technology, so that's why he thinks he's the rickest Rick, because Rick needs technology, and this one did it like a Luddite without it. And um, Beth is an evil wizard that lives uh, in a, a magic sky castle. <laughs> my, my, I, I have one favorite episode that's just a standalone all-time favorite that I could just go back and 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 we've gone to it a couple of times over the years and and I think Renee's tired of it now but I just I'll 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 watch that just because it cracks my ass up but my favorite episodes are tend to be when we either go to the Citadel of Ricks because all the Ricks from all the universes got together and they just decided to basically build a station in space where that's where all the Ricks go to hang out. And they just, that's a lot of them live there, but some of them just go there or they'll, they'll pick up another Morty. If their Morty died and, and they get to loan out it, like you get a free ticket. Like it's just, it's, it's insane how, how wild they, they think these things through, but there were, there ha- we have, we have gotten a little bit more into Rick's origins where, um, where he and his wife, are no longer together uh one universe where beth dies and 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 so we see we see rick we start to understand why rick is the way he is and and how he came to be and 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 why he treats friends people actual people that he should care for why he treats them the way he does it's just i i some of the just crazy zany rick and morty adventures are 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 great to watch but i really really do enjoy the ones where we we delve a little bit into the characters pasts and just see how they got to be where they are yeah it's like an onion jason there's layers so many layers like a blooming onion i just you know what in about in about five six years jason's gonna be like hey got this new book it's uh, rick and morty You, you ever hear about it it's really good I'm not the one that has Venom Rises 887 on his 
list. <laughs> so I'm never going to read another superhero comic. Yeah. Big sucks, but it's like, I have yo, never ever said that. Symbiotes are the fucking bomb, yo. Oh, my, mm. oh shit. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this. Man, Dap, you ever know? You notice like Vince is like that. You know, they say when a shark attacks, you punch it in the nose. Like, Vince loves to dish it out, but you push back a little bit, it gets all hurt. He gets all his feelings. You call that pushing back? Wow. <laughs> I don't know. You're wrapping up the show. So. Well, I mean, in your travels, we still have, we're over, we're like 220 now. But Oh, no. That's good. <laughs> that's the best. Oh, oh my no. goodness. So, Jason, what else are you reading that's floating about? <laughs> no, I thought we were wrapping it up. I no, we don't have to. We don't have to. Oh. I mean, speak on it. Me. Speak You're on the it. Producer, I mean, you know, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, you, you can know. talk about anything you want to talk about. Anything? Anything? Well, I will say that uh, that I got to show some love to. Uh, it, it is October, right? Which uh, usually means, at least for some of us, that it's time to delve into the horror. And this is a book that um, that I bought last year but didn't read and then thought well i'll just save it for october of next year because it is horror and uh and it was time so i read the closet did you read the closet last year i did not read the closet i don't know what this is the closet was a three issue miniseries written by the king of horror these days mr james tinian tynan tynan the fourth um and uh, Gavin Fullerton on art, and it was uh, you know it wanted three issues and done. It was just uh, he wanted to get the story out there. It um, it's the, the namesake would maybe clue you into the fact that it's a premise, the, a play on the idea of kids being scared of the monster in their closet, right? Um, but what's interesting about this is this is really more of like a like an existential crisis type of a thing about a family. The, the book basically revolves around the dad who is narrating the journey of his son being scared of the monster in the closet. And they're in a bad spot. Like the dad and the wife, um, the mom and the dad, they, they, they're going through it. He had committed infidelity sometime before and they, they're, they're making amends. They, they're, they're still staying together, but she got a new job in Portland and they have to drive across country and he's the he you know the, the dad's kind of like uh he's 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 got a good life but he doesn't seem to appreciate the life that he has and it's like you kind of get the sense that he's not loving being a dad he's not loving being a husband but he feels compelled to continue to do so because that's what you do and he um he's having real trouble with his son's obsession with this monster in the closet. And as he's lamenting this frustration to like everybody from at, at first, he's telling a bartender this one night when he's at a bar, then while they're doing the cross country trip to Portland, he's telling a, a good buddy of his that they stay with overnight. And every person he's telling this with basically like the people are like, dude, like what the fuck's the matter with you? Your kid's four years old. Like, a, it's totally normal for a four-year-old to have fears. B, like, be there for the kid. Like, support them. Like, don't don't be a dick about it. Like, what's the matter with you, you know? And um, and all all while this is happening, of course, like, because it's a horror comic by time, and, like, the, the kid is seeing what looks to be a real monster in his closet, right? But then the dad's like, well, I really haven't tried to deal with it because we're moving. And, like, so that closet's not going to be in his life anymore. And, of course, you know, this being horror and we've, all been there before and kind of can guess where it's going to go. Like 
it's not that particular closet. It's any closet. And it kind of goes from there. And the cool thing about it, though, is it's not a conventional horror story in the sense that you find out why the kid is freaked out about the closet. And it's not at all why you think he would be freaked out about the closet. And it really is, in many ways, his dad to blame. And it's not like any kind of like, there's no like, this isn't like abuse or like any kind of creepy shit like that. Like, the dad's like a legit dad who loves his kid. But like, it, but but his dad is to blame for the kid's fears of the closet in a way that he doesn't realize. And uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, I wouldn't say it's my favorite thing that Tynan wrote. You know, because it was much more almost I mean, it almost felt a weird way like he was working through some demons of his own childhood, like it read like that. And I could be I mean, for all I know, that that's not the case at all. It could be just something that was in his mind to tell a story. But but it felt like that. It felt like he was trying to work through some issues that maybe he had with his parents and his family situation. So it felt very personal. Um, but uh, but Fullerton's art really hits hits the mark on this. And uh, the choice of the way they render the monster was interesting. They render the monster almost like a. um Almost like a like like the way that aliens are typically rendered, you know, Vince, like with the the little skinny bodies with the giant head. Uh, it's rendered that way, but but it's not completely analogous because the the monster is very dark skinned, has really jagged, scary teeth. So it's not like it's not just like a like a like an alien, but but it's it's kind of got that body type. And um, yeah, I found it pretty fascinating. Quick read, um, not a bad way to start off the horror horror binge. I've got a bunch of horror books queued up for the month to uh, to dive into. So. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 glad I got to knock it out of my queue. It's been sitting in my iPad uh, for for a long time. So it sounds good. Yeah, it is. I mean, again, like I'm such a fan of his his work and so much of his horror that like I wouldn't if, if someone said to me, "Hey, what should I read of his?" I wouldn't. This wouldn't be the top of the list. But but a perfect little October joint, like because I'm in the mood for horror right now. Oh, who isn't? Who isn't? Right? Right? We all should be. All of us. Well, hard sell with Dap, but that's okay. Yeah, my man doesn't like to be scared. <laughs> so wait a minute, wait now. Tell me about this 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 boys spinoff thing that you were. Oh, watching. Gen V. Gen, yeah, Gen V. Gen V. Yeah, I mean, you you tease a little bit, saying it's it's extremely violent, and there's there's well, the Amazon does that thing kind of like Apple, where they put out. They don't put out the whole season, but they also they don't do it one like they don't do one episode. They put out three episodes, you know. Right. Um, the first episode of Gen V is far and away the most graphic TV episode I've ever seen. Um, How so? I mean, if I tell you, it's going to ruin the fun of it. Okay. All right. Graphic in terms of gore or yeah, like like, but yes, I mean, okay. I'll, the the main protagonist of the show is a so the premise of the show right is that this takes place in the boys universe it is a college for the kids with powers right and it's in continuity like this is this happens after the last season of the boys is over right so uh so homegirls the like the new girl that 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 girl that was moving her way up the rank she's the ceo of vault now the sender is now running the school she's the dean of the school um Everybody knows the truth about the about about um, about the, the serum, right? Like that that like you know these kids were injected with this. Their parents knew about it, that type of thing. So like these are basically, It was like it's it's Vault's way of like controlling the narrative, right? And having these kids go to the school and and at first you it's kind of like it got the Teen Titans vibe, where like you meet the, you go to the school and you there's there's a leaderboard for the ten best kids and the idea is that these kids are the best of the best and that they're eventually going to get a chance to either be like in the seven or another big group, another regional group. 
Um, and we're kind of brought into the freshman class, like with the freshmen of the, of the, of the, and the main protagonist is this young woman who, uh, controls her own blood. Like that's her power. She can, she can do things with her own blood. Uh, and I mean, I'll say spoilers to anyone who, you know, if, if, if you haven't watched it and you plan on it, like I'll, I'll throw the spoiler warning out because, but to answer Vince's question, like she they flash back to her getting her powers like any, you know, with the X-Men mutants. Right. And, and just like with the X-Men mutants, her powers manifest when she's going through puberty and she gets her period and like she goes to the bathroom because she has a period and her mom comes in to see like what's going on. And uh, like any girl who might be like kind of freaked out about that happening and the nervousness of it in the moment, her period blood like flies out and like cuts her mom's throat <laughs> And like, so her mom's like dying in the bathroom, right? And and the dad, the dad comes in to be like, "What's going on? What happened to your mom?" And so she, understandably, like, freaks out and she screams and like has a panic attack because of all this going on, and and she kills her entire family with her period blood. <laughs> she fucking eviscerates her family, like See, it, slices into pieces. It really warms my heart that you're giggling as you're telling us this. It's crazy. It's you've crazy. you've come a long way. Well, the boy, I mean, this is like the boys' comic. I mean, the boys' sure. comic is always, yeah. Um, so that's one thing. And then there's like another scene where her roommate in college is uh, goes by Cricket, and because she can shrink, you know, like Hank Pym, you know, Wasp, Ant Man type of thing. Um, and and when she, but so this dude that she she hooks up with this dude and go back to his room and, and they're hooking up and he's like, I want you to shrink down, you know, like play with my dick, you know. And she's not really feeling it. She's like, nah, you know, let's just, let's just, let me, I just want to be me. And he's like, nah, you know, it'd be hot. Like if you, so she shrinks down and like on the screen, like is literally like a gigantic, like it's because she's tiny. It's like the, like the whole screen's a penis and she's like licking it and she's like jumping up and down on it. And she's like playing with his balls. It's like, it's the, and I'm like, I can't believe this is on regular TV. Like I know, I know what time it's on, but it's like, this is baffling. Like what is going on? Like yeah. it's crazy. It's on my must so, watch list now. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, and, and again, it is like a college like dr- drama, right? Like the, the kids are up to their own shenanigans and whatever. But but it's pretty crazy. And and it's I just think I mean it's a pretty simple equation here. If you like the boys, I think you'll like this. But I find it interesting that you and a bunch of other people, when I mentioned it on the Slack, were like, oh yeah, I wasn't really into. It. I wasn't going to watch it, even though you liked the boys because you thought it was going to be a whole different thing. I mean, it's it's to me, it feels like just like a, the third season of the boys. Well, the promo um, image doesn't do it any favors. I know because it, it looks I mean, like a silly CW super teen show. And like, I mean, that, I mean, it, there there is that aspect to it. Right? I mean, it is basically a story about a bunch of college kids trying to like find their way. But 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 it's in the boys' universe where fucking their lives are totally fucking crazy. You know? And, right. Well, I think uh, they should have hinted at some of the carnage. Just a, you know, a, a statue with its head sheared. Like, mm, yeah, yeah, that's not. That's maybe edgy, I guess, but no. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It just it just looked too uh, teen rom com thing, you know, for me. But no, it's, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely. I mean, it's not that. In the, other than the sense that the the main characters are college age kids versus the. The main show, obviously, yeah. which is more grown ups, but big whiff on but, the poster. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll grant you that, but but I, I definitely, I think it's fun, and I, uh, Colin loves the boys, so he, Beth and I talked to him, like we have a little scheduled, like we chat with him every Sunday, and I was like, oh, did, did you watch the Gen V? And I'm like, let me tell you something. I'm like, I'm so glad that you're 
20 years old because if you and I, if you were home still and we were like, oh, let's watch Gen V, I would have been so hell uncomfortable sitting there watching this episode <laughs> with you. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm glad we watched it separately. Art should make you uncomfortable. There you go. There you go. Nice. All right. Glad you got that out of your system. Yes. Good thank prompt. you. Thank you for um, pointing the way. And I'm going to point you the way to massive savings. What? Just go to CheapGraphicNovels.com. CheapGraphicNovels.com. It's all there. Manga, omnibus editions, collected editions. If you want it and there's a lot of pages in a spine, chances are really good you're going to find it at CheapGraphicNovels.com for a major discount. You'll get the email after your first order. You reply to that email and you say, 11 o'clock comics sent me they will give you free shipping on your next order. It's very, very simple. Just go there and save. While you're at it, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, audio, video, polls, images, pages from comics every day, covers from comics every day. Um, You get to weigh in on the book of the month, and should you decide to do so, you can join the dedicated Slack channel. We all have a big old powwow each and every day about everything under the sun i read this i thought it was great Eh, i wasn't feeling it this happened to me last week i just bought this beer it's great here's a can and you can go out and buy it yourself so it's like we just throw massive amounts of information at each other all day it's a lot of fun patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics in your travels i want you to read the latest issue of gutter hunter it's number three it is, of course, produced by the man, Robin Bougie. It is, oh, there's a whole mess of stuff in this issue. You want to know more about Hookjaw from the British action uh, comic? Well, there's something about that in here. There's the cat, a uh, revival of a Golden Age uh, hero explicitly. There's uh, a lot of commentary by Mr. Bougie about how mainstream comics suck and publishers rip off artists. Um, So, you know, if you're a a die-in-the-wool mainstream fan, um, you may take issue with a lot of what he says in here, but um, I don't see him throwing around a lot of falsehoods. Uh, Yes, they are on steroids, uh, but he's right about a lot of stuff. He looks at uh, Robert Crumb's anti-vax comic and wonders, you know, just what the hell Robert's thinking uh, and why he would think that. There's a, an article on David Peter Sue from Quadrant. Oh, shit. Yeah, he tracks. This, this is a good thing about Bougie. If he likes something, again, he has to know everything about it. Um, the the past details, the present details, where this person or comic is now. Um, he's very exhaustive in his uh, info dumps, and he's just wondering where Peter Sue is today. And I guess he just dropped off the map. Like family members don't even know where he is. Oh shit! Yeah, and the of course the the Peter Sue article is uh, peppered with explicit imagery he there's a comics gateway drugs where he asks um through social media what was the comic that got you into um independent comics like hardcore and of course you know the usual suspects 
Ralph Snart, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Robert Crumb, Usagi Yojimbo, Madman, Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers. I mean, that's just what I'm pulling from the images. There's a lot more in the actual text. Uh, yeah, it's great, and it's all hand-lettered. My man, Bougie. So if you... Um, if you know or, or you're experienced to the, the worlds of uh, Robin Bougie, you know what you're going to get from this. There is a, an article or a comic, actually, by James Lloyd on the late Kate Worley about, oh. j- yeah, just how much uh, Omaha impacted the author and um, what she gave him and many other people who read uh, Omaha and what happened to her and like the, the ending that that uh everyone knows about but uh yeah it's it's a very heartfelt little strip so i mean i i love bougie and i love what he does i've been a cinema sewers fan from day one and he's just taking the cinema sewer approach and he's applying it to uh alt comics so get it it's a hundred and wow it's massive it's like a hundred and some pages 12 bucks just uh google gutter hunter robin bougie and you'll probably be taken to the uh his uh storefront and just buy it don't even think about it because it's really good or not, i've got uh yeah two and three on the way oh shit i didn't know i missed number two I know, I something number three, I was like, holy crap All right, it'll so take you a good a good two three days to i mean of your free time to read an issue there's a lot of information mm-hmm. in every one of them yep what do you think we're gonna get bumpers this trip this weekend vince Bumpers out the wazoo. Okay. Yeah. We need more because... We do. It's been a, been a minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we didn't get any really the last... Con- we, we got a handful, and I've used Cliff and Tony, and like I've used them multiple times. So we need some fresh ones. I always go back to the Jay Lee for some reason. I think, Tom, yeah. I have maybe four bumpers from Tom. Right? I mean... We, Dude, just- the, 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 the New York Comic Con Artist Alley list is bonkers. Well, like, we need to get some that aren't represented in our archives. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. You know. Hmm. Uh, for your travels, uh, do us a favor. And however you listen to this, Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, however, leave us a review. Let yeah, us for back. sure. Yep. We need to ask for that more. Yeah, right. Uh, in your travels, um, the sixth issue came out, so this story has concluded. Peacemaker tries hard. Oh, point. nice. Um, you know, I've I've kind of dug. Um, I'm not gonna say surprisingly because the interiors, his sequentials, I haven't always been a fan of. But Chris Ankis covers for Peacemaker tries hard have. Have been amusing until the sixth one. I'm not. I'm not in love with this one, uh, especially because the Red B is uh, kind of sporting a little bit of a gut, and that's not how uh, Steve Few interprets him inside the book. This is written by Kyle Starks, art by Steve, colors by Jordi Belair. Um, sixth issue wraps up the story. It's been just a lot of fun. Um, the art's just amazing, and and it's it it does. If you are a fan of the show, uh, this does a 
Starks does a good job of humanizing Christopher Smith, of 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 making you actually give a crap about the pacemaker and 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 realize and and the show did that. Gunn did it with the show as well, as far as you know, trying to explain why he is the way he is and and what kind of shit ass his dad is. But the uh, this just seeing seeing a golden age hero like red B dealing with peacemaker and, and, and their relationship as, as the, the, the last couple of issues, um, were unfolding. Uh, it's, there's, there's a great moment and, and man Starks, whether he's looking, writing about ghosts haunting lesbians or, sidekicks from a stunt man or i mean he just i don't it's it's so weird how somebody can write one type of story and then actually make you go oh reading another one it, it it's it's just when when peacemaker and red b are taking on monsieur mala and and uh and the brain um when uh there's a there's a scene where they're in the war wheel where, where, where Peacemaker and B are in the war wheel to take out the brain because the brain is now in possession of Kemo's body. And, uh, and he, um, Red B turns to Peacemaker and says, you asked me once how, how I could be positive all the time. And he, and he, and he talks about his time in, in, in world war two and how, um, the boys in his squadron who who all died, how they never had any kind of day again, good or bad. And and so he's just decided that it would be a disservice to them if if uh, he did not make every day the most beautiful, the best thing it could possibly be. And and so he's dedicated his life to living a life without regrets. And and um and it's just one of those things where and and of course, Peacemaker just like you know, cuts the moment in half by saying, "Geez, Richard, I, I didn't realize what a poet you were." And 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 it's just, and then of course, Red B does a uh, does a very heroic thing, and uh, and and it just the way those pages, the way Steve draws these pages and 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 shows the chain reaction of events, but. Uh, it, once Peacemaker is back home, it's his birthday, and uh, all of his friends, you can call them that, are showing up. You've got Waller and King Shark, and 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 the rest of the Suicide Squad is is over here in his in his double wide, waiting for him to finish flipping burgers. He's like, I've got some um, vegetarian options, which is basically just fucking two stalks of celery inside a hamburger bun, and uh, Blackhawk. Old Man Blackhawk shows up again. It, it's just it. It's there's Stark's just he he touched on a little bit of everything. Whether it's you know the the Suicide Squad stuff from the comics, or or what Gunn was doing with the movies, or even what he was doing with the TV show. It, it, the whole the whole series was just it was a lot of fun. It wasn't uh, it, it didn't take itself seriously, obviously. But uh, and I wasn't really sure where. It might have been going at the start with the whole Bruce Wayne dog thing and 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 if we were going to kind of get like one kind of story or if it was going to be more of a just 
different adventures that, that, that he was going to go on and, and if we, how we were going to get, there's basically just going to be a, six issues of like one shots, but no, there, there was an actual story here and it, it, it was done extremely well. And, uh, and, and when it's collected, I definitely urge you all to get it. So in your travels, Peacemaker tries hard by Starks, you and Belair. Nice. Um, two things. One, cause Vince was asking me about, should I watched, um, the wifey was away this past weekend, so it was just me and uh, my little my little dude. Well, not so little dude these these days, but my youngest Holden. Um, we uh, went and saw a pretty pretty disappointing movie uh, on Friday night, The Creator, and then oh, it was disappointing. I thought so. And okay. then on so on Saturday night, Holden, Holden was like, "Yo, pops, like you're killing me with that movie you took me to see last last night. I'm I'm I think I want to watch something a little more upbeat, little little happier. What you got for me?" So, um, you know, I looked around and I finally uh, came across on the Netflix Nimona. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's right. This came out a few months ago, you know, and it's an animated movie that uh, was originally optioned back in 2015 or 16 by a studio, um, an animation studio associated with Fox. And then when Disney bought Fox, the, the you know, the movie got long thoughts of other stuff got canceled and the like, and it was kind of in limbo. And then Annapurna bought it. And so it finally came to light. So um, it's based on a graphic novel, same title, Nimona, um, which came out in 2015 and got like all the got like all the flowers when it came out. It was one of those books that was on all the best of list that year and everything. And I, I didn't read it. I'd never read it. Um, it's written and drawn by Andy, Andy Stevenson. Um, and uh, but I was at least familiar with how much the comic was beloved. So I thought, let's try this. And it was delightful. We both loved it. The the, the movie. Um, my understanding and subsequent to watching the movie is that it's very different than the, the graphic novel. It's 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 quite, quite different, both like not just animation style, but but plot and everything. And de- the, they changed a lot in the movie. But uh, but I thought the movie was great. It was it, the premise is basically that the namesake Nimona is a uh, precocious young girl who it becomes effectively a squire for a disgraced knight um who was uh he, he kills the queen during his coronation but not like what it was he was he was basically framed framed to do it you know he was, he was given a sword that had a kind of like a bomb in it and, and he had nothing to do with it but the whole world the whole kingdom thinks of course that he just killed the queen and so he's on the lamb and a villain and she finds him and she becomes his sidekick and and they they basically fight to clear his name and, uh, and and hers as well. She she's a shapeshifter in the um, and she's like part mystique, part Beast Boy. She can turn into any creature she's can imagine with the size and shape and powers. But she also can turn into other people. So she's quite powerful. And uh, it's really a story about like friendship and love and acceptance. And uh, you find a lot more about Nimona's history and she's, she's a, a magical creature who's been around for hundreds of years and really was an ostracized, ostracized from, from, from humanity, even though she didn't want to be. And um, I just thought it was really well done. I thought the characters were all gripping. It's super inclusive. Like the, the most notable thing is that uh, in that regard is that uh, the, the disgraced knight and the, the uh, kind of like the Sir Lancelot of who is the, the star of the, the main protector, the uh, the hero of the kingdom, are uh, were lovers. And the cool thing about it is, like, it's not like a big plot point in the sense that it's not like, oh, they're lovers. It's just like they're lovers. There's no there's no um, taboo about it in this universe that that the two lead knights were were in love. 
so really cool, great animation. Uh, definitely curious to read the graphic novel now, although again, it's much different. So I'm, I'm wondering like if it's going to feel different, but thought two thumbs up to that. Um, and then in terms of the comics, um, drawn in quarterly, um, put out a book, uh, this week in my box called Blackward, B-L-A-C-K-W-A-R-D. Uh, it's a digest sized graphic novel, uh, written and drawn by Lawrence Lindell, L-I-N-D-E-L-L. And it is a story of four young black creatives in, uh, all great friends. They're also all queer and, uh, there there's uh there's uh Leica, Lala, Amor, and Tony. And it's just the story of their friendship. They're part of um of a, a collective who meet at a uh, like a community center back in the day and uh and then became friends ever since. And through most of the book, their attempt here is to create a new book club for inner city kids and to try and get that going and also create a zine because they love comics and zines. And the zine is called Blackword. Like that's the, the name of the book. That's why the book is called that. And uh, it's, but it's really like a slice of life book about their lives and their friendship and their interactions and the experiences they have as being black queer geeks, you know, which is a pretty obviously like a, a, a minority group that's ripe for, for prejudice and, uh, and like how they deal with that and, and how they rely on each other for the ability to deal with that and sort of the societal mores that they have to deal with. But uh, it's very uplifting and positive though. Like they kind of like handle all of their, the, all of the societal issues, like with a plum, you know, like, like with power and grace. And, and uh, it was just a really uplifting, really powerful, very, very, you know, um, I think uh, like socially conscious uh, story and uh, really well done. The art is like super, uh, simplistic and, and cartoony, like almost as if, um, like for those of you familiar with Teen Titans Go, the cartoon, if you could picture 2D flat storyboards in that style, that's kind of what the art is like. Um, but I think it worked well for this. Um, it definitely was, definitely served the purpose of the book. And uh, yeah, I thought it was great. I'm really happy to have read it. Um, like I said, it's, uh, it's called Blackword by Drawn and Quarterly and the creator is Lawrence Lindell. And, uh, Hey, any book that has a, uh, endorsement on the front by Gilbert Hernandez is a book you need to check out. Nice. Real. Or what do you say? Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for listening to this. We hope you come back next time. If you are heading out to New York Comic Con, please, maybe you hear our voices or, I don't know, you catch wind that we're in your proximity, please come on up. We'll have some fun. Say hi. Maybe you'll get a hug. Who knows? Who knows? You're not going to win unless you play. Maybe you get a reach around. You never know. It depends how... To see you got to ruin it. Why? Why? You're not above that. (laughs) And then, yeah, do all that stuff and say goodnight. (laughs) That doesn't sound like a seltzer bottle, my friend. It is. It's totally a seltzer. It's not seltzer. It's flavored water. Oh. What is the no difference? Fizz. There's a, no, there's not a whole lot of bubbles. Oh, that's terrible. Well, there's some, but it's just it's not doesn't have the effervescence of a seltzer. Oof. Why you need bubbles?
Oh, hell yeah. Dan, I, I'll drink a diet soda that's been in the refrigerator for like three weeks. I don't care. Mm, you lost me a diet soda, but... David. <laughs> Good night. You one of them people that has to have ice in your drink, too? No, I don't use ice. All right, it's good. Because <laughs> I, I totally don't need ice. Any other ever. test of acceptance you want to give me? No, you have accepted you a long time ago. <laughs> Much to my chagrin. I Why? Know. Why it's, did I do it? Why did we ingratiate into each other's lives like it we have? It does not make really a damn bit of sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't. So stupid. Like, what? I must We're have like, stepped on it. Felix a, and Oscar and Ernie all. Seriously. I see here that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Street Fighter number four came out today. It did, yeah. It was not at the shop. Damn, Tavern on the Green. Now, see, I can't have Tavern on the Green. It is. Ah. I can't have that. I cannot have that. I need it. Why didn't I see it? Maybe he didn't. Maybe he was shorted. It yeah. happens. Sometimes Diamond screws up. Maybe because you didn't pre-order it. He didn't carry a copy. No, because... I pre-ordered it. Oh. Yes, yeah. of course. What's your discount there? Eh, not as much as other places, but enough for me. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why you're so cryptic. It's not like a, because, asking you to share because he doesn't first. he doesn't give. Um, all of his customers, the discount he gives me. Ah, I see. I got you. Okay. I want to go be trumpeting the discount and be like, "Hey, I, I heard on this thing that you're giving you get that this. celebrity discount." I right. Right. Yeah. Well, I've only been. I don't want. There was a gap, right? The DCBS yeah. gap. But I've been going to his show, his store for like 15 years more. Yeah. So. More in a minute. Yeah. Did you say David? Oh yeah, well, go, bro. Wow! Didn't hear it. I guess uh, you guys were you were talking about uh-huh. uh, the diet soda and Jason uh-huh. saying if there's anything else that uh, you know that, right. that passes muster. So there that was, was nice. Well, we will be we will be seeing each other in in seven days. Oof! Cannot wait. Can't I mean, wait. I have to, but yeah. Hey, I'm going to throw something out. We can be bonus content or it can be main show. Your your choice, producer. But uh, seeing as how we're going to have New York Comic Con roll up on us and the month is going to fly by, I say we do Clementine Volume 2 as the book of the month. Done. Easy peasy. All right. Nice. We all going to get it. We all want to read it. We all love the first volume. Bought it today. It's like it, it's, it's quasi-horror, right? Zombies. I don't oh. think there's anything quasi about it. Yeah, it's horror. Yeah. So. Horror wrapped right. in an emotional shell. That's right. Yep. Maybe this book she'll come to terms with her burgeoning sexuality. Mayhap. <laughs> you don't That's just not let. A first it's book. not fun unless you react. Like that totally just takes. It's like saltpeter for me. <laughs> wait, wait. What reaction were you hoping for? My dude, or something. Just not. Just let it go. That's no fun. I would love to see her legs legs akimbo getting some love. The leg, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, true. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That is beautiful. Talk about heartfelt. uh, It's right here. Yep. Halloween and Valentine's Day. All probably just single handedly ruined our chance of having Tilly on the show. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which brings. What episode she listened to? 
which brings it all back to Robin Bougie, because in an issue of Cinema Sewer, he talks about an amputee porno film. And yes, go yeah, yeah. dig go dig up that issue if you want to read about it. Nice. Yep. Hey, oh, we're out of oh, here. <laughs> Tell them now we're getting no one coming up to us at New York Comic Con. Thank you very much. <laughs> No, Dan T's like. Or, or we're definitely getting. The By the way, you know Dan T's a freak, man. He's a freak. I like him a lot. Like he's definitely. Yeah, like, yeah. As he's gotten comfortable on the Slack, he's starting to post that freaky stuff. I like it. Freaks are good. Yeah, we got a lot of freaks on the Slack. And if you want, <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, <laughs> there's there's a high concentration of uh, of hardcore patron supporters of VOC and freakiness. <laughs> yes, nothing wrong with that. In aggregate, Not it's both. wonderful. Yeah. Mm. Tell them you love them. I do. I love you all a lot more uh, today than I, I did other days. See, see what happens when you read fun comics? It's crazy. Or you have good audio. <laughs> it all goes back to him. Doesn't it? <laughs> That's why we're here. The star of their own story? Like, isn't that yes. the... I ain't no fucking NPC. Yeah. That's it for that one. <laughs>